two windows. Um, yeah, so his name's Dr. Faust for real, but uh, he makes bioac full power, and he's going to tell us about the difference between humic acid, fulvic acid, and all the hype that's around it, and uh, why there's hype at times around it, and how it seems to be a cycle, and he said he could do a whole show on humic and fulvic acid, but we thought that that would be maybe a little... Bit too intense, maybe. Yeah, we'll do the save that brain, for really specialist brain hurt episode. And then, like, we can just put like an extra brain hurt on that one. Uh-huh. Super hurt. three, three hurt, hurt brains. brains. Yeah. yeah, three hurt brains on that episode for sure. And then, even better, not even better. To make it even better, we're bringing on uh, Steve Storch. All right. Cool. So he's the guy who does. Kid, you know the Vortex Brewer? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's the guy who invented that. Okay. He also does. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's it's funny because last night I was just we we're bubbling some tea at Aces, and I was like, ooh. Maybe we'll get the Vortex guy to sponsor us. <laughs> to get one of those. Those things are like a thousand bucks. I, I don't know, know if we can get that. Yeah, but he must upgrade, right? He must have an old. And he also does those old, uh, old, progress. I'll take an old Earth. Vortex. I don't find an old Vortex. He does the Progress Earth food, which is totally uh, biodynamic, not just organic, but biodynamic. So we're going to get him to talk about biodynamics, what that means in terms of farming, what that means in terms of cannabis. <laughs> Yeah, because that's a, definitely a term that's been thrown around a lot, so it would be good to kind of clear that one up. Cause, yeah. Because I, I think Botanicare has always said that they were biodynamic. That yeah, was which it. is not. No. Biodynamic it, it, is a specific it, it, system that was invented by this guy, Rudolf Steiner, right. who also invented uh, Waldorf schools. And can you bottle it? Yeah, they sort of bottle it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So th- I mean, they package the ingredients more than everything. I just find it, I find it a little bit of a sidestep, like, oh, well, it's biodynamic. You know what I mean? Kind of, oh, that, if you use so it, people are using it the wrong BD. way. BD is like, it has a lot of what I like to call the hippie magic in it. Oh, you're already throwing the hippie magic out? No, no, I quit because you have to like put it in a cow horn, put the manure in a cow horn, you bury it under the moon, under the full moon, and you have to do certain magic. That's not so great for indoor growers. Right I feel like that's, that's something you would love, though. You love adding extra work to things like making your your own yerba mate. It's like so much work. I can. <laughs> it's like making tea. <laughs> it's like, no, it's we got to like drink it in eight steps. That's not like making tea. It's what there is certainly an appeal to it, but the question is: Is there a reason? In the case of yerba mate, right? It so gives the different compounds off at different parts of the thing. In the case of biodynamics, I don't know if you can explain the science. I'm open to believing in hippie magic 100. percent Oh, for sure. And, then, and it, it'll be another. It'll, I will predict it'll be just another symbiotic thing out there, and that's kind of where cannabis always lies in. Is it's figuring out the symbiosis with your environment. And if you're going to be an indoor grower, it's hard because your environment's artificial. So you, you know, you have to really cover all your bases. Uh, and organic, we can kind of, you can, oh, there you go, good little advertisement. It's the sound of a delicious lemon elation. This is, this is the right sound there. of uh, your brain going like in 200 miles an hour in the yeah. next 10 minutes. It's my yes, second sir. one, so it's oh, going to happen No, not, you're not the second one already. You could potentially hit three to stay awake <laughs> for this show. No, we don't. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's this like show. a supernova of your Mate. I'm just going to toss in random sound effects throughout the day. You know just that the guys who make your Mate specifically told me that to two is too many. It's too many. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks, I love it. Your shit's awesome. All right, you're already talking too fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's scary. Oh, welcome back to Adam. They say. Here. Oh, thank chat you. room. They missed me. Nick Bradley, cannabis. Where's bike? Oh. You got to rewind. Rewind. We played. He chat does. room. Tell Nick where where bike is. Got attacked. <laughs> Tyler Dodd says back. got attacked. Nick. Exactly. <laughs> got attacked by a cat. <laughs> by a cat. Uh, well, thank so, you. Well, thanks for being. Thanks for noticing that I wasn't yeah. here. Yeah, it was it was it was different without you, bud. It's never as fun. I, it was you know it was fun to watch because 
even I just wanted to jump in every second. Like I was like, "Ow, oh, no, you guys got it wrong again." Like, what did we get wrong? You got a few. You got a few major facts wrong. Help now. me out. I don't know. I have to go back and listen. What? There was some that was like, "That is so wrong." And then you guys corrected yourself, so it was okay. I didn't have to correct you, but okay, I forget. It was one of those moments where you guys were spouting off info that was complete bullshit without you yeah, without yeah. me and i wasn't there to the anchor pull, to pull you down the and anchor say, come I really guys, guys come that's on, why guys. it's called a news anchor yeah you're not a news anchor but you're a show anchor. <laughs> show anchor exactly so but no it was it was a uh, it was a pretty interesting trip up to seattle as always you know as always it's interesting because i've never been up there and all of a sudden now i'm there all the time so. yeah i heard you're so you're going to portland and wolf to portland. hit me up and asked if i'm going to portland with you which unfortunately the answer is no i'm actually going to portland on thursday i was going to go oh. i was supposed to go up for the for that convention but i'm gonna go up there uh, the geneva convention the geneva convention gotcha. yeah B- bilderberg i was gonna go there for bilderberg but the kid doesn't even know it, but that's over his head already oh yeah too, sorry you don't know bilderberg is bilderberg the geneva convention is yeah, world is war it like II. build a soil but with icebergs yes. no it is it's exactly. like build your own yes. iceberg exactly. Bilderberg. that's exactly it and then you get to drive the titanic into it sure that's what you do at the bilderberg that's what i would do so, kid, you're wearing, we're, we're you're wearing, we're gonna get to you in a cut. second. Yeah, don't yeah, you worry. Yeah. Let me see that cut you, you got on. Talk it's about. blank. There's nothing to see. Can you model it for the camera? Can you show <laughs> everyone what you're wearing? We're gonna get in it's trouble. Blank. No, no. Show them in the front. It's Buffalo blank. nickels. Come on, show them nickels. Show them those nickels. See the. So, do you want to tell them how how it went with the club? Yes. Did you get beat up? No. Did they throw you in a ring and kick the shit out of you? Did they make you eat the pizza? Did you eat the pizza? That's it. That's all I need to know. No. No. No, they're good dudes. You know, I went, like I said, I went out to, to, to dinner with them last Tuesday. We talked about on Wednesday. And dinner? Then, uh, they're just, just, yes, they eat food at them. Yeah, they, they eat, <laughs> you know. Um, they're not and vampires. Then we, uh, I had, uh, I'm going to be buying one of the, one of their Harleys, one of their older Harleys is fucking bad. And it's it's more practical than me buying a new bike right now. So uh, we're, we're still in touch, but I had to go to, to church on Friday and tell them that, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't something i was able to pursue from this point on um you know i have some people in my life right now that don't necessarily and i support the uh the the one percent lifestyle which is fine and and the the club that i was going to join wears a support patch for a one percent club and um you know i couldn't have i couldn't throw my family away and the club totally respected me for that i mean they they put their family first so i went to church like a man and they shut me like a that man. Was, that was your career? We went out it's to... Is this biker career right Is this your biker so, career? You so, went one so meeting and then you went to church you know, I went and out, gave up? Me, oh, me, and, me and the girl went out to dinner with them last night. You know, we hang out with them still. They're good guys. Is she um, still with them? Um, did, did they take her? They took home? her away. They took her they home. Took her with away. Okay, but no, then you might be in the club still. They're they're nice guys, but <laughs> no, so what I'm I'm just gonna pursue. You know, uh, they're looking for a club that that doesn't necessarily wear a support patch for a one percent club or or a one percent diamond. That way, I can feel comfortable about wearing my patch in front of any future kids that I would have or in front of family or even out. You're already worried about your future kids? Like, oh, well, yeah, I have to be. You know, I mean, it's something, especially <laughs> with something like that, it's something that you take pride this in. It's not a the biker so. kid I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, come on. I got my boots, <laughs> and, my, I <laughs> got my boots and my knife and my cut. I got what oh. I need. Oh. 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 That just means that you have the props. No, that they, does, no, does they, not no, do they, I can go buy see, that No, nah, they so, respected my decision, though. They said, you know, some there's just some people in this life who And then you rode away on your little bike and they were like, which I sold. <laughs> he sold his bike. Guess who bought his bike? A girl. Of course. A little yeah. girl. A yeah. small nah, little girl. Yeah, she was teeny. She was a teeny little teeny, Hispanic girl. So she teeny, was, so she's like, oh, this is so good. It's yeah. so small. 1300 bucks though, so I couldn't beat it. But but no, they were they were totally respectful of my decision. They understand that there's just certain people that can't put a patch on their back. I mean, like I said, I'm still still good friends with all of them. I still know that they'd have my back if I needed it. So, you know, shouts, shouts to the guys. 
Is that over? I'm allowed. Am I, is that is that the end of it? No, <laughs> never gonna be no. over. Dude. You have just started that one, my friend. No, Don't you worry. Uh, there will be a patch on my back at one point in time. It'll just, so, well, yeah, I want you to. I want. I just want to go. Patch. I just want to go back to what you were saying <laughs> that, before values? the show. Family before values? the show. What biker values? What? Biker family values. That, that it was, <laughs> it's, this is just a slight detour. You're still on the same right, course. I'm still on it's the not same a deviation. Course. It's not a deviation from the path. I'm still. I've still been reaching out to some other clubs and. Like I said, that just don't have that, especially in our industry. I can't have a hundred. The, putting the patch need, on my back is a negative eye. On you a need to end up anyway. like that guy from Raising Arizona, like the the loner. That's what you need to. be. Yeah, you got to be a lone wolf. The, buddy. Lone wolf well, with a lone wolf one percent. Yes, lone wolf shotgun on the back. No that chapter. Yeah, just running. Start there. It's so difficult though. Like I was looking into just even starting my own club that way. Oh, you don't do that. Start your own club. It's tough. You're like a grower. You're like a grower who grew one plant and or watered one plant, and now you're going to be like, ah, I think I'll start my own dispensary. No. Or or take a master grower job or something. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, huh. But we're uh, <laughs> we're um you know, we're still on that same path. I just gotta be smarter about it. I can't be losing my career for a patch. I mean, I would love to be around some dudes who have similar values, but I don't wanna lose my job for my patch. So, so uh that's pretty much it. That's that's pretty much it. Plus my mom was pissed. I bet she was pissed. I bet she was. She was like, Keep what? Like a one percenter club? I'm like, no, they support a one percenter club. She's like, that's the same fucking thing. I think like, she's oh, right, actually. Man, it is. I think she's correct. It is. So she wasn't too happy. Mom, mom was correct. Guys, if you want to see a longer chat box, by the way, chat room saying, uh, just click. Drag it up. I don't know about that, but you if you mouse over the screen and then click the live stream logo, you'll have a long chat box on the right side. Uh, that's good because I didn't know how to do that either and I was pissed yeah. I was like that's, god damn it you can't read them fast but enough. here's <laughs> the thing if I'm going to keep giving these tips I need you guys to keep clicking like otherwise I'm going to let you yeah, watch this yeah. without any guidance so on how to use the interface a, whatsoever if you're on a mobile device there too you can actually turn it sideways whether it's an iPad or an iPhone and then you can drag the chat room up and you can see through the chat room to the video and still have the chat room there so there's oh that's cool yeah there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do for options mobile are unlimited yeah unlimited we got that high tech Um, so you want to do news 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 all right, I'm going to start with the most ridiculous news story I could find in the two minutes where I just looked for them. State alarmed by marijuana wax. Says teen killed his grandmother while making it. Wait, wait, killed his killed his grandmother while well, making marijuana wax? State alarmed by marijuana wax. Says teen he probably killed blew his the grandma fuck up, right? while making I mean, it. that's probably but what happened. blew up the house with grandma in the house. The Minnesota Department of Public Safety is concerned about, quote, the emergence of this dangerous trend among drug abusers. You guys want to read? You want this story? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Does it have audio? Because I kind of want to play it if it does. If it has audio, give it to me. It doesn't, but I'll read it. It's called marijuana wax, among other things, on the street. And authorities are blaming this increasingly popular and highly concentrated form of the drug for the fiery death of a great-grandmother in St. Cloud and non-fatal overdoses in Duluth. Overdoses. Non-fatal overdoses. All right, that just made your article sound dumb. I mean, I understand it's the It's not my article, kid. No, no, no. <laughs> whoever, I'm talking about whoever wrote it. That's just, that's ignorance. State law enforcement officials and police chiefs of St. Cloud and Duluth gathered Wednesday morning to alert the public about what the Minnesota Department of Public Safety is calling, quote, the emergence of this dangerous trend among drug abusers. What addicts are craving is the high concentration of THC, the active ingredient in marijuana, that is found in the wax. This oily substance gives users a more intense physical and psychological high. The process of extracting the wax calls for butane, a highly flammable accelerant, and a cylinder. 
and I only feel like it calls for a lot of uh, things more yeah, than just yeah. a cylinder, random cylinder. A cylinder and yeah. some fucking lighter fluid. You got a fucking, you got and some then, dabs. And then watch, watch what the news has to say now. Simply put, the news is giving you instructions. People will look this up and blow themselves up because of this irresponsible article. Simply put ground-up marijuana in the cylinder, soak it with butane, and add a flame to eke out a liquid that is several times more potent than marijuana in liquid I'm pretty form. sure that that is literally the wrongest, most wrong, wrong way to explain The that. wrongest way to say wrong. That is the most wrong way to explain any of that. That's a wronger way a wrong, of explaining wrong? that than it is a wrongest of saying wrong. Exactly, yeah, for sure. Thank, yeah. You, doc- Thank you, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Thank you. I've been reading some Dr. Seuss, man. <laughs> One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. It's been going on on the shit. You, you stepped up, huh, kid? Dude, uh, I like the Lorax. The lo- really? You We're have to watch the movie because it's got Danny DeVito. Check and Danny this DeVito's out. The Lorax. Check this out. It's great. What's the story, guys? So, so again, <laughs> simply put up. Put the, again, the news wants you to simply put ground up marijuana in the cylinder, soak it with butane, and add a flame to eke out a liquid that is several times more potent than that marijuana so in the form. Well, then in, then in leaf form, which is, uh, I guess these guys don't know about flour either, uh, they say this oily substance gives users a more intense physical and psychological high. Oh, I'm, I went back. It goes by such names as butane hash oil, honey oil, butter oil, dab, and 710. Dabs. Spells out oil on a cell phone turned upside down. Well, it could be like a piece of paper, too. It doesn't have to be on a cell yeah, phone. Yeah, not only on you a, cell phone. a cell phone. You can write it on a chalkboard. You turn it over. <laughs> it flips. Like, God damn yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely need more of like uh, one of those like flippable chalkboards. You got to like, take you know? off multi-gesture and all that bullshit. Like, uh-huh. oh, turn off multi-gesture. Uh, just to write dabs. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely a lot of Just work, to write so. 710. Yeah. Well, I mean, boobless is way cooler. Yeah. On, a, on the calculator. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so you can do 710 on a calculator, though. Of course you can. Oil, whatever. Unless you're using the calculator on your phone, then you're still fucked. Fires, explosions, death, and injuries have been reported across the country from like this recipe. Well, because that's the wrong recipe. That's, that's not how you do it. That is if how you cause fires. Yeah. That's why that's a that's recipe happening. for fire. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put that recipe <laughs> out. I feel like it's really kind of a bad idea. Quote, because it's so new, we don't have a separate category to track marijuana concentrates, says Brian Marquardt, statewide drug Marquardt. and gang coordinator with the DPS. At this point, law enforcement is raising awareness so we can prevent another tragedy. Well, maybe raising awareness of the right recipe mm-hmm. would <laughs> prevent the tragedy. Jesus Christ, the oh, my God. People. Oh, how about this one? According to the charges, Zablocki and Pick were making dab in the basement on a hot plate. Yeah, awesome. Well, good when the fire it. broke out. Neither called 911 after fleeing nor checked to see whether anyone else was home. Zablocki was speaking to a police officer as his grandmother, found face down near the front door, was brought outside <laughs> wrapped in a blanket. The grandson fell to his knees crying in anguish. I just killed my grandma. That's dramatic, but still it's pathetic too at the same time. It's like, first of all, in the basement is like the wrong place to be making dabs. <laughs> so what do you, what's it? To what's be making dab, by the way. They dab. Were making dab. Individual. Dab. They're making dab. a dab. One dab. They made but one now, dab. what's, a, what's dab. an appropriate <laughs> well, punishment I'll for tell you. Like I'll that. tell you this. The two overdoses in Duluth involved teenagers, and a case involving marijuana wax in the southern Minnesota town of St. James resulted in two men being arrested on suspicion of possessing the potent drug, along with other narcotics and guns. Do they say what that what's going to happen to that kid who killed his grandma? I mean, you're gonna, you you would assume you they need don't to. Say well, that. You can you want to call this guy that wrote the article, Paul Walsh? Yeah, his number is six one two six seven three four four eight two. It's right here. It. Paul Wall wrote that. That's pretty cool. That's six one two six seven three four four eight two. Go we ahead can, and give him a call. Give him a shout. <laughs> anybody, anybody out there, give him a call. Give him a call. Tell him that's not how you make oil, and to not publish irresponsible recipes for oil in newspapers. Fucking idiots. News, news, news. I'm news, done with news, this. News, news, news. That's it. Yes. News, 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 news.
need some good news. Historic medical marijuana bill gains momentum. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay, momentum. The comp- a comprehensive bill introduced in the House of Representatives Tuesday aims to deal a significant blow to the federal government's long-running war on medical marijuana. The Compassionate Access Research Expansion and Respect States Act, Carers Act, introduced by Rep- Representative Steve Cohen and Don Young, is a House companion bill to identical Senate legislation from Cory Booker, Rand Paul, Kirsten Gildebrand, Gillibrand, introduced earlier this month, each bill seeks to drastically reduce the federal government's ability to crack down on state legal medical marijuana programs and aims to encourage more research into the plant. So, pretty sweet. Uh, the historic Senate version of the bill has also gained traction with two new sponsors since its introduction, Senator Barbara Boxer and Senator Dean Heller. Boxer's kind of a big deal. It doesn't say that here. <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of a side That's editorial. Side note, side note. The science has been in for a long time, and keeping marijuana on Schedule 1 with heroin and LSD is ludicrous, Cohen said in a statement Tuesday. I am pleased to join with Congressman Doug Young in introducing this important bill to bring the federal government in line with the science and the American people, respect states' rights, remove the threat of federal prosecution in states with medical marijuana, and help our citizens access treatments they need. Bill Piper, National Affairs Director for the Drug Policy Alliance, a reform group, told the Huffington Post that the House version of the bill was introduced because momentum is so strong for the Bipartisan Carers Act. This has become one of the few issues Democrats and Republicans can agree on, Piper told HuffPost in an email. The tide is quickly turning against marijuana prohibition and the war on drugs in general. It's only a question of when, not if, reform will happen. That, that's what, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite frankly fucking sick of hearing these news articles, man. Like, just let's... Get let's just you know what get your shit together let's just, just get a patch get a patch everybody oh my god join a gang no news. but for real let's news 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 let's, let's uh. get everything together I mean we see that this is making like what was it? we found out last week sixty million dollars just the recreational side in taxes in Colorado alone yes I mean how I just don't get news, it. News, news, news 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 new study shows how marijuana's potency has changed over time oh is this going to be a in it, Forbes oh that's cool yeah. Marijuana has definitely evolved in the last few decades. Its potency is higher than ever. A lab in Colorado has just analyzed 600 samples of marijuana, both recreational and medical, and found that the THC content has risen markedly, whereas CBD, which many say has therapeutic value, has declined, I guess, in the average weed. For all the acceptance that marijuana has gained in recent years, four states allow the sale of pot for recreational use, and 23 states in Washington, D.C. allow marijuana for medical use. The lack of normalization among marijuana sales may slow the process since it gives opponents an opening to criticize. Uh, Though the results of a new study may be disappointing to some, they're clearly needed since they show where the market is now and where it needs to go. The results of the study will be presented this week at a meeting of the American Chemical Society in Denver. Hmm. I would would go to that. Let's go to that. Since this potency is rising, the main finding of the new analysis was that potency has risen by a factor of three in the last decade. As far as potency goes, it's surprising. Three what? Three. Times. It's, well, we're up to about <laughs> average. Oh. We know this. What we're at right now, we're at like average, not 30%, but call it 25% what's mm. on the shelf. Mm. So old weed used to seven, be eight, eight nine, seven, eight. eight. Yeah, it's three. So, and that's what they said. We've seen potency values close to 30% THC, which is huge. Potency used to be around 10% or less, but it's been bred upwards over the years, presumably because the market has demanded it, and presumably because everyone's been working a lot of chem lines and, and a lot of those high THC chemovars that... And, and just, I mean, even haze strains, things like that, they're all, they were low CBD. There's no, no CBDs in those at all. Well, they're you know? saying that CBD is going down. 
They're saying it's going down also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're saying CBD. Well, no, it has always, well, as a trend, it's always gone down because we've read it out. That's the thing. Right. Only in the last three years. I really like, hey, we want this stuff. Yeah, I mean, before that, there's a few small pockets of people doing it, but not that many. Most people still pretty much naturally uh, attracted towards the high THC, low CBD sort of uh, <coughs> profile. So contaminants are also increasing. <coughs> so the lab tested for contaminants of both biological and chemical varieties. It's pretty startling just how dirty a lot of this stuff is. You see a marijuana bud that looks beautiful, and then we run it through a biological assay, and we see it's covered in fungi. The team also found butane on some of the samples, which is weird. On the samples of flowers? No. Or uh, the samples of... So <laughs> Mark Sheldon texts me. He's at that American Chemical Society meeting right now. Nice. He said this talk was actually pretty lame. <coughs> I would like to get Mark to call in next week and tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, hit me on with one more news, news, news. News, news, news. Can you be allergic to marijuana? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's easy. We won't do this one. Hit me with one more. There you go. That was easy. Sunbathers busted with $33,000 in marijuana. Good job. Good job. $33,000 in marijuana? A couple claiming to be sunbathing inside a parked car were sitting on $33,000 worth of concentrated cannabis and marijuana. Deputies discovered Tuesday. According to San Diego County Sheriff's Department, a Fallbrook deputy saw the couple hanging out inside a car that was awkwardly parked in the 2700 block of Palo Road around 8.15 a.m. When the deputy approached the couple. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a lot of weed. Uh, officials said the deputy immediately smelled marijuana coming from the vehicle. When he looked well, inside, they discovered it included 13 ounces of concentrates and 8.87 pounds of processed marijuana and 20 grams of pot that had been rolled into but that joints. that thing on the bottom there says something totally different. That's different. That's a different that's picture, yeah. yeah. <coughs> that's like, a lot of chronic. Yeah. Inside the vehicle, 24-year-old Humboldt County resident Adam Ooh. Matheson admitted the marijuana was his. He told the deputy he brought the pot from Humboldt to San Diego to allegedly use as a gathering taking place on the Palma Indian Reservation. There's probably some pretty cool <laughs> private events on Indian Reservations. <laughs> I think that's the moral of this story. Uh, you want to do some shout-outs? Let's sure. do some shout-outs. Some shout-outs. Shout-out to Way to Grow. Oh, that's where you guys were. I remember you guys were arguing over the number of uh, shops at one point. Oh, that's the fact we missed. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the facts. Corey's like, actually over at... It, I, would, I had to miss a meeting with Corey over at Dixie today to, to be on the show, so... Yeah, hopefully you know he's listening. We just had a meeting with Corey on uh, Boulder Wellness as well. Man, Corey's a man on the street. He's making it Corey's around. Corey's doing it. Around. He's doing it. Well, they've got their triple-double sale. What the heck is that? Going it's on? the triple-double, yeah. Triple 369 double. for the Phantom DE uh, open reflectors. Double-ended sale. I can, yeah, that's I can see the double. Picture. There's three double-ended bulbs on sale, so triple-double. Triple-double, gotcha. 449 PL light systems NXT2 for 449. Uh, 469 for the Gavita Pro E-Series GES 1000, and that's the one that's computer-controlled that you think you is the coolest light you've ever seen, yeah? Exactly. Of course. What the most expensive, coolest light I've ever seen. That's what it usually not that Not that expensive anymore. Well, I know, but out of those three, it's still the most expensive. And is. if you go... I'm that guy. I'm that guy that goes in and goes, well, <laughs> I'll just take the most expensive one. Yeah, tell them well, It's probably the best, right? Show. I mean, Gotta the most be, expensive right? one is the best. There's well, a reason absolutely. it's most expensive. It's in certain departments, it ends up being true. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, you have this option. You have, you have eight gig or you have 32 gig and like that, no, that's music. frustrating I have more of that music anyway so yeah <laughs> Dark right Horse oh, of wait, course wait. shout out to Dark Horse they're out there at Spanibus they're still out there huh is, I mean is, isn't Spanibus still popping I don't know no, I, I don't think, think it's it, I think it's over now it's over is it it looks like a good time though did yeah. look like a good time 
I definitely bike's not here, but bike and I are gonna go check out the Den the Denver store when it opens. When is that gonna open? I am looking it up right the now. The Denver store of Dark, of Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yeah, we want to buy weed from a vending machine, bro. Of course. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's awesome. If you ask I me. I mean, maybe we get, you guys can find more about it, too. And we have that also, Murphy's Law also, Show on the 18th. Exactly. Well, well, I, got, Banner Bowl. I got a whole slot scheduled to talk just about that. Okay, more about well, that good. coming later for sure. There we go. Which, which my 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 friends in your patch little it, it accepted your, uh, your nice. invite to be guests. They all love Murphy's Law. They're I told you. Excited Did you to tell come? them that Murphy's Law was not hardcore and it was lame music? No. No, you didn't tell them that, but you no. said that to me. But it, I don't like it. I told them I don't like it, but they're all very excited to come. So I'm sure they are. You guys I told you. I told you. So they're going to pay, though, right? They gotta I'm going to pay for them and get them in for free. <laughs> that, <laughs> those are two <laughs> different things. That doesn't things. make sense right there. It does those make sense. Those are two different things. No, you don't pay for somebody and then they get in for free. No, we're going to. Well, they'll gonna, get in for free if I pay. We're, we're going to work something out. We'll work I something understand. out. Well, right on. Uh, also, uh, let's give a big shout out to Build the Soil. Obviously, we'll be hearing from Jeremy in about eh, five minutes here. We'll have him call in, maybe 10 minutes. Cool. But, um, of course, big <laughs> shout-out to Build the Soil, buildthesoil.com, number one resource for organic soil mixing amendments. Mom's killing it with the aloe. She's been Dude, using that aloe. How good is the aloe? So she, it's expensive, but it's good. Is, I mean, it goes is a she long doing way. the it's coconut? Like tiny yeah, yeah. She's doing the coconut? Coconut. I don't think she's been doing coconut. Do the coconut. If you think the aloe is something, yeah. the coconut's something else. Really? Dude, yes. Next, next level. Next level. Shout-out to Incredibles Edibles Colorado. It's number one edibles. What what edibles you eaten recently, bud? Um, the one that I just ate yesterday was I mean it was only 100 milligrams, but I got a cookies and cream just because I love. I wish they made that in like a 300 milligram bar because that's my favorite one. Um, but I really I just tried the peaches and dream for the first time. Very good, right? It's good. Usually I'm, peach stuff isn't good, isn't but good. it's very good. It was really 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 good. But then the strawberry crunch bar is always real good. And then I mean the peanut butter Buddha, nice three. It's like a Kit Kat solid. So, I mean, they have flavors some of the best. Off the chain. That's off the chain. They got all That's the what matters yeah. the most. I'm the so excited for 4th of July because they get the firecracker bar out for special edition, and I, I love the Are they doing anything bar. special for 420 or for the cup? I'm not sure. I have to give them the a shot. They were, were in span of us, too, so no, yeah. okay. I haven't actually talked to anybody for nice. a couple days. So, Boom. we got, uh, what you got there, buddy? Uh, we got our new supporters at uh, AU Extracts, which is gold, by the way. Oh, like the chemical symbol chemical for gold. Hey, you. Yo, gold. Uh, they're out of Oregon, and they're going to be coming here to Colorado, so they're kind of, you know, gearing up and figuring <coughs> they would come work with us, and uh, I got a little of their uh, tangy with me today. Nice. Let's taste some of that, yeah. Exactly. And uh, they were out in Seattle. Actually, we met them out there. Nice. And uh, they helped support the show out there and gave us a little boost when we needed it to get, make that thing happen out with, with, uh, over there in Seattle, the after show. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, uh, you, who else you got to shout out? Oh, last week. You weren't even here last week. Tell me. You missed it. I missed it? You I missed, missed it. Angry missed and Coop. It. The Grand Coup? Yeah, you yeah I said you missed Angry and Coop. Oh, Angry and Coop. Yeah, no, I did I did miss them, actually. Now, it sucked because that's the only time I couldn't hear hey, it. where's my bell? Because, uh, like, all the people came out of the, out of the conference. Yeah. And it was like the, the sound level just went from where I could barely hear it if I put it up to my ear to, like, impossible to hear anything. I could just see... Arms and moving around and stuff, but how to go with those? You're guys? already trying to hide it on me. How to how to go with everybody there? Well, I think uh, I think the CBD he, giveaway went really well. well I heard we got he, the he, winners off to them. I heard that he he thinks that everybody misinterpreted what he <laughs> said as far as uh, uh, putting out the the S ones or 
We'll get him back on then. Yeah, so we're going to get him back explain on. It a exactly. More. He said, yeah. I think uh, everybody thinks we're, they're getting the wrong message, but overall, good. I'm, hopefully, he got a little bit of a word out. And he's going to be involved at uh, ADSI, right? I mean, he's going to be there representing, I hope. Yeah, I think we somebody, I mean, you know, I know somebody Mitch offered him a judging spot last week. I don't know so, if there's huh? anyone on that list. I don't know. I gotta look. Gotta I gotta look. Gotta check I gotta it look. Out. I gotta think I got an Adzi sh- uh, shout out scheduled on this. So nice. we'll talk more about it. I'll give you the updates. Also want to give a big shout out to Dope Magazine. They've been running that two page spread for awesome. us every yep. month, dude. I know. They're no. huge in supporters of the show. Both places. And I actually Wait, invited really? Emmett to come I down didn't even today. Know that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super oh, no. awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, they had to put it in the new one here too. So Adam yeah. Show now has a two page spread ad in, in Dope, Dope Magazine? Magazine every month. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's yes. dope. You have to That's say it's dope. Dope. That's dope. dope. So, yeah. so we'll link up with them. Nice they are gonna be here for the cup. They're gonna be here for the cup. They're gonna They're gonna come to the awards show for Adzi. Nice. Um. Obviously, you were on the cover in Washington and Oregon a few months ago, so we're we're yeah, excited no, now that we're going to do like a Denver I, thing here. I, I, I mean, the thing I like about Dope is that they're uh, they're definitely coming from people who really are in the industry and stuff. They're not, you know, they're not just guys who are like, oh, with cannabis looks like it's making money. Let's make money off of it. It's like they're actually. You know they're young. They're all cool kids. Uh, the people who interviewed me were it's a cool looking magazine too. It's slick. Yeah, it's very yeah. well put together, and it's got you know they don't you know, they don't kill it with like sometimes you get play, you get magazines and you just flip through them so fast because it's like, like the rooster boop, boop, bop, bop, hey bop, bop. rooster wanted to jump no, I was just kidding <laughs> you just ruined it but uh, they'll, <laughs> they will be here for Canacon I guess in June in Denver and they're coming awesome, back yeah. for the 710 Cup in July so right, we can, so that, well they're here too they have their own publication right here now, so absolutely I mean, that's the whole point Canacon was cool in Seattle right Kind of was cool. Yeah, it yeah. was like except for the smoking part. I mean that 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 which Denver will which be a little change. easier. Yeah, here yeah, here it'll be a little easier. But yeah, uh, that was the only because we were on a we were on federal land and it was on a, like a kind of a little jetty, so you really couldn't go anywhere because they were like it's five years in jail if you should get. Caught. I was like, what? Are Why are you having me? this conference? Why here? are we here? This doesn't make any sense. So everybody was kind of like milling around and trying to you know hide their. Stoned in this. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah, that's never fun. Like then, they were, at one point, they were going around and like looking in cars because everyone just went to the <laughs> car and hung out. Obviously, you know, so like he looked around, you to see fogged, fogged out cars everywhere. You know. So you want to talk ADSI? You want some info? Talk, yeah. All right, let me pull up my little pull up my little magic here. So uh, of the seventy-six invitees, mm-hmm. I have a few that I have to add to yours. So this is going to be more of them. That's good. Why don't yeah. you give them to me? Right? Can you say them publicly? First of all, is Dave Richards coming? He's he's yeah I hope so he's invited I mean I think he's I know he's invited did you did, did he I have confirm? to give him a call I'll give him a call and double check okay double check double check Dave if you're in the chat room let us know uh, you got people you can tell me that you're adding mm, let's see who can I tell you I don't know I'm no I got you a three blank spots here called Adam's guest three Adam's Ooh. guest four and Adam's guest five. Shall I say that those people are coming so yes, I can up the exactly. tally excellent there you go. They're going for sure I get at least that if not come tell on. me how many more bud quick. Did you get TJs? Get TJs on there? No, I, I invited both TJs. of them. Yes, they've already won like multiple. I know, I and know. they've entered two or three of my strains now in different nice. in different cups. You they can't have, be biased for your strains in this. Did you know that? I of course I can. <laughs> no, just kidding. Did you know that? I will. How not. many guys are from TJs? Two guys. Well, TJs. TJ's. Yeah. T and J. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's how it works. Okay, that's those, what I thought. That's how that's those things thought. work. That's what in, I thought. In stoner world, you you're like, hmm, what should we call ourselves? How about M and A, A and M, A and M? We could be A and M, dude. 
AM radio. Speaking of AM, oh, radio, AM radio, we got hit up. To, we got hit up to be on AM radio in Colorado Springs. Did you Did see we? that email? No. Read the email. That sounds That's cool. cool. Well, they can do like I that. think like, we got to pay for it though. I'm not sure. We do can't that. do it live though. They want us to. I don't know. Like, drive to the springs and do like I have a live no hour idea. show. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It's very easy know. for them to broadcast and pay, and pay for it and pay for it. Drive down there and pay for it, please. That'd be great. That will be. That's a good setup. That's a good setup. And AM. Who the fuck's listening to AM anyway? It's a cannabis only radio station that they're starting down in the springs. All right. Well, AM. Rough. It's a rough world. I know. We, if, if you want to sound like a robot, I, I feel like you get on AM. <laughs> I feel like we're on the internet out. now. So, like yeah. being on AM radio versus yeah. the internet is yeah. not a step in the right direction. No, That's like a step in 15 years. Of the I'd take <laughs> FM, but not yeah. FM would be yeah. cool. I'm at the, so no offense, AM radio guy. We'd have to really watch our language and like everything. Yeah, we, said we don't do that. that. We are not into that. So, how many more guests you got, Adam? Because I'll give you the update now. Then. Um, let's see. I got I got my uh, I invited uh, <laughs> uh, Adam from up north. Adam from up north. Yeah, Folk Collins Adam. Foco Adam. Okay, he's been invited. The Foco Sage guy. He's not the Foco Sage guy. He's got the. Do you know? He's got he, Zeta Sage though. He's, okay. he's killing it with Zeta Sage. So I was like, all right, you're in. We need that. But yeah, we you do, should get the Foco Sage guy. I don't. I don't even know. Oh, we know that guy. He emails us. Oh yeah, that's good. You should read the emails more. There's a lot of cool stuff. You should send them to me in like a little packet or something like that. They all come every day. This really? is Adam Dunn show on uh, time. I don't. Did you? Yeah. You ever yeah. forward them to me? Now who else? No, you get. You're on the chain, dude. You get the same ones I get. And actually, Adam's been killing it. Uh, you got anyone else? Motorcycle racing lately. He's been oh really? You should tell it. the kid. I know. This guy's winning everything. Oh, oh this is he, the kid will wish. The kid will wish it was. So uh, right now we got forty confirmed. The kid needs to be that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When you win, you when you win, yeah. you get in the magazines like that. Yes. Exactly. So uh, we got forty confirmed as of right now. Nice. Nice. That sounds really good. Ooh, winning I, it, I killing it. Cool. But he's all sponsored by. He's all sponsored by cannabis brands, so it's pretty cool. How come he can he hook it? What are you talking about? Well, we also would like to be all sponsored by cannabis brands. That would be possible. Maybe right? We can, maybe we can cross, cross But it's like, it's way to grow. So I mean, we're, we're already sponsored by a sponsor. We already, already, already uh, are sponsored. That's his main sponsor, I believe. I see. That's cool. And he's got a few other ones I can't read because they're all blurry. So uh, it looks like it's coming together, but we do have a big announcement about... ADSI. Do we? Which one? Tell me. Well. It's announce it. I want to announce it. Swayze's ghost commented last time that he thought it was super lame that we didn't invite our longtime listeners. Right. We agree we, that that's we, super lame. But we can't just have we a We can't have everyone come because we have a very limited amount of space and it gets a little crazy. Yeah. And, but, we, want, and we want everybody to be. We just want every single person in that room to be there for a reason. And to be that competed. way it's not like, oh, because people don't know who, we, who everybody is. It's right. It's not like we have a. But the point is we do have our big announcement. And our big announcement is that the awards show, which is on 420 proper, at is open. At what time? We're going to announce that. Okay, okay. We're gonna, I'm teasing. This oh, is called teasing. Tease. Oh, you're yeah, teasing. Yeah, yeah. Right. What is in the phone? And, 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 Kid, you bring and, and, two burritos? Yeah, I ate one earlier. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's not very sharing likely. Uh, what if we were wearing colors? Would we, would we get to eat? Yeah. You'd get burritos. <laughs> what? Oh, oh that's man. cold, man. Yeah. <laughs> Colder than his burrito. So, anyway, on 420, the... ADSI Awards, awards. show, yes. which will have all the competitors, you know, the buds, the actual awards being presented, uh, kind of, well, we're going to have some fun stuff, maybe a little uh, glass auction, we're auctioning off some Chemdog glass, but that is open and for free to all of our listeners, it's just the first 400 people, it's 400 people, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the first 
Three hundred people. Four twenty, just to be lame. sure. We'll do four hundred twenty people. Just to be lame. Four twenty on four twenty. All you got to do is get there. It's free for everyone to come in. I yep. think we'll have some refreshments. We'll try to do that. Some music, and of course, all the competitors and as much herb as possible from the Adam Dunn Show Invitational. Yep. Uh, and I do want to give a shout out, of course, back to Dark Horse. Let's talk about the Bruce Banner Bowl. Don, why don't you uh, give the details off of the flyer? I got to hit up Jeremy and make sure we got him on the line in five minutes. Kid, throw Adam a flyer. Throw me a flyer, kid. Well, I do know it's on the 18th, which is uh, going to be... And it's at the Oriental Theater. That's the kickoff of of the cup itself because we got a a three-day cup this year. And uh, it's going to be at the Oriental Theater, which is one of the best places in Colorado, I think, to see a show just because of the relaxed, cool spot that it is. And uh, we got a Skype call. They are very used to these kind of events, so we won't have any surprises. What's this Skype call coming in? Who we got there? Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. Hey, can you hear us, pal? Hello. Hello there. We yeah, are. I can hear you. Cool. You're on the Adam Dunn Show. Who are we is talking? Is that Jeremy? To? Yeah, we've got Doctor Faust here on the line as oh. well, and this is Jeremy. Oh, cool. Oh, Jeremy, uh, cool. We had good timing here. I turned the volume down. I so. just texted you to say five minutes. So if you, you, I'm glad you guys are on the line. Let's keep you on the line. But yeah, you guys uh, can hang on on the line. Yeah, let's let's. And we want to invite you. By the way, Jeremy, are you coming to ADSI? I don't have your RSVP here, buddy. You know what? I'm hoping to. We're actually waiting to hear back from a, a real estate agent today about a new warehouse we're hoping to lease. And uh-huh. then we got to move in, and then after that, I'll be able to make that decision. But a little up in the air right now. Okay. And that's because you're doing so well because of because the Adam Dunn show. Because of the Adam Dunn show. show. So yeah. just, you know, it's funny. is uh, I, It's true. Uh, <laughs> it people is. People me and say, hey, I heard you on the Adam Dunn show. I love what you guys are doing. So definitely uh, love the Adam Dunn show. Big part of our business. Nice. That's well, great to hear. Um, definitely. Well, you'll be out on 418, though, so you should come through. Come to the Murphy's Law and MP Ruck- M- MF, MF Ruckus. Sin Vida. Yes, and that's on the 18th at Oriental Theater, and it's going to be the bunch of Bruce Banner there, I hope. And it's the Bruce Banner Bowl, dude. Official. So if you want you want to get in on the high time strongest strain ever, come to Bruce Banner Bowl. Of course, we're also doing... And we're also having our little... Uh, seed not little. Uh, well, it's going to be big. Big, but it's If you're a breeder, big seed company, small seed company, in ADSI, not in ADSI, I don't care. If you're a breeder, and you're going to be in town on the 18th, you want to be at the Breeders Only Seed Swap. Contact us, info at adamdunshow.com. Contact us through the show. Contact me on Facebook. We'll make sure you get in there. And then if you are not a breeder, but you are a fan of seeds, come on down because uh, we're going to have a bunch of seeds available uh, for, via the legendary pop-up seed bank, which I hear some pop-up seed bank genetics are like winning some contests. Really? That's yeah, good it's good stuff. It's, you know, unique stuff in the state, so it'll be a good time. Anyway, now let's bring it. Let's let's bring it back in. Bring it back in. We got Jeremy Silva, Doctor Faust. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Take it you away, buddy. Is, you want us to talk? Sorry, I can barely hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it away, bud. All right, now I can hear. Okay. All right, so we brought Doctor Faust on. I'm really excited. Uh, those that have been following the Build a Soil story uh, know that we seek out certain products because. Uh, we want to find the best available, the best value, the best manufacturing processes. And we used to talk to Clackamas Coots, brought him on the air a few times. And in our discussions when I was first starting, he would often refer to Dr. Faust's work and the fact that over the decades he's seen you know, his company, Bioag, stick around with the time-proven practices for creating the product and something that we could stand behind as a company. So. It's one of our better-selling products. We like using it, and that's why we wanted to bring him on to discuss 
some of the uh, magic behind fulvic acid as well as some of the myths that are out there. And so, uh, Dr. Faust, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I've been okay. listening. Hey, welcome, Dr. Well, Faust. Uh, first, I'd love for the people to know a little bit about your background. Um, your resume or your background, your history is on your website, and it tells a little bit about... Oh, we lost him. He must oh. Have hung up on us. Oh, Jeremy, we lost you. Please uh, call back, buddy. I know you were you were conferencing with Doctor Faust, and things were about to get interesting. Uh, we lost him, but he, he's he's doing a conference call with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Can we get them both to Skype in? We're, we'll get we'll get them both on in a second. Okay. Yeah, that would be easier if they called in from separate lines. I d- I don't know if that's going to happen, but let me tell him. And I'm going to text to the uh, guys that I met up in Seattle with their humic acid product and see if they'll listen to the show and jump on at some point. <coughs> Calling Jeremy back here. I hope his phone didn't just die. So uh, how was the sound? How was the sound uh, quality? The they said it was a little, a little quiet. A little bit quiet, right? Yeah. yeah. So next time he jumps on, get a little bit boost there if we can. There. Little boost, little boost. There, there, there we, we go. go. We're back. Welcome back, guys. Okay, that's because you're doing so well. All right, so we've still got Dr. South on the line. As so, long as you think we're good, we can do this. Uh, I think it might actually sound a little better if we have Dr. Faust call in separately and then we conference you guys okay. on our end, if that's cool with hey. you guys, and then we're ready to go. Yeah, perfect. I'll have him call in right now, and I'll do the same. I'll call you guys right back. All right, we're going to get it all sorted out. Call back. Live radio makes it interesting, right? Oh, it's always interesting on live radio. Yeah. All right, cool. So I got that so text. So I got a message. I got a message uh, from our buddy in Nepal. Oh, yeah, Mark Rose. I, it sounds like, you know, we'd been getting email from people who were trying to get the bags and they weren't receiving them and they've been having trouble getting a hold of Mark, but they got it. They got their bags. Well, we so. got bags for people, too. So if yeah. they need bags, they can contact us. Um, but he's planning on sending us a shitload of bags. More bags. The cup and to be able to sell. Can we give everyone who's a guest a competing in ADSI a set of bags? Um, don't know if we have that many. Let's see. Well, possibly. We possibly, can right? We can definitely give. Uh, we can definitely be given a, a shitload of them out, though. I'll see if we can give out all. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I think so. Let's think give stuff away. See, I'm guys, we're not sure, good at... I'm pretty sure we'll be able to give everybody a bag because we have some here, too. And if he sends what he says here, then we'll be we'll be in there. So, yes, everybody will get a bag. But he's basically telling telling me here that when you see the results, you'll drop everything. Believe me, no sifting tricks, no static, no rosin tech, no solvent will compare. I think he's just taking a list of the things that are popular right, right now and saying they're not as good. I'm just interested, though. I'm interested. Because I'm, I'm interested in rosin. I want to make some rosin on the show. I know you do. Don't you guys? This is a good time for me to ask people to click like. Right on. Call's coming in. Guys, click like, the Facebook button above the video. Welcome back. How are we, how are we doing? All right. Now? So Dr. Faust should be calling in separately right now. Okay. That'll work. Nice. Great. And that'll clear the air, clear the lines. So in the meantime, Jeremy, why don't you introduce him? And uh, as you were saying, Coot used to reference his research a lot. Is, is his name really Dr. Faust, too? Yeah, uh, hold on a second. I, my other line is ringing. I'm not sure if he's calling me back. I'm calling you back. That's funny. He's always a Fouse. scientist. Scientists are always not so good at the uh, the old internet interwebs. That's a, that's <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> no. true. Well, you know what I mean. Though. Over over uh, technical in some worlds. 
Uh, so I don't know if we lost Jeremy. I don't know if we're uh, I don't think I didn't hear, in limbo. I didn't hear the blip. But no, we didn't have the, the Skype blip. No? Kid, no, call still connected? You're still on. Okay, okay cool. Good. Okay, well, we can scroll through Bill DeSoro right. then. Oh, Jeremy, we got he you had, back. He had a challenge uh, calling in. He's going to try again. I'm hoping I didn't call at the same time. So. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so his name is really Dr. Faust, like just like Dr. <laughs> yep. Faust? Yeah, That's Dr. Faust you is, uh, you know, he goes by Robert, but Dr. Faust is, I just respect his title there. He's got a lot of education. He's been doing this a long time, and he's definitely someone that whenever I get to talk to you, I get excited because he's just going to share a lot of really good knowledge with us. And the, the depth of his knowledge is, is very deep, and, and even he will say that he's barely scraped the surface. So he's going to try and keep it simple, but I'd encourage questions. Um, he's definitely a really exciting guy to talk to. So um, hopefully he's calling in right now. Yeah, we got him on the line, actually. Yeah. Robert, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here. Right on. Wonderful. Well, uh, so I kind of want to talk about how this started. As I was talking with uh, Jeremy, I forwarded you some bit of literature I saw about humic and fulvic acid, and it was sort of very sales pitchy uh, information that that would have Coot really, really, really angry. Um, so from that, I, it sounds like you you either brought that up to Dr. Faust or, or just yeah. Recently, I emailed him that exact email you'd sent me and said, "Hey, Dr. Faust, have you seen this new product? It's got some super molecule that's uh, you know a magical fulvic product that is just going to change everything." And he wrote back very politely and said, "You know, uh, there's just a lot of misinformation out there in the fulvic industry and." Uh, he'd be happy to talk about some of that stuff with us today. So that's kind of what kick-started it. And at the same time, I have a lot of my customers right now that it's springtime starting to ask, hey, why this product? Why not this other, you know, black-powdered linardite product that I can get for really cheap? And it says they have certain percentages of humix. What's that mean? And so that's why I figured, let's just bring him on and let's ask him those questions. And he can really get into the heart of it. I've also had people talking about making their own you know, humic or fulvic acids from compost in the past. And when I relayed some information to Dr. Faust, he was polite and informed me that it takes, you know, tons and tons and tons of compost to make a very small amount of humic acid. And then from there, an even lesser amount of that pure fulvic uh, that they carry. So um, I guess I'll let him discuss that. Do you remember that email, Dr. Faust? Oh, yes. Yeah, I get that kind of question all the time. See, the real problem is that there is no accepted test method. For instance, in California and Oregon, we can't even advertise the fulvic acid on our label. So we have to, we have to uh, state it as a minimum detectable level of humic acid. <laughs> that, that's just in two states. That's because uh, it hasn't been, okay, you know, in other words, there's several test methods, and that there hasn't been agreement on, on what, which is a standardized test method. But our trade association is working on that, and I'm a member of the International Humic Substances Society, which is a worldwide sort of academic research, you know, and, and we have come up with test methods. So, so right there, right there, right there, you got a problem. I mean, what test method, you know? And then what are we really testing for? That's, that's the other part, you know. Uh, humic substances are the most complex chemistry on Earth. Okay, that, there's no question about that. that it's because <clears throat> this is a decomposition of organic matter by specific microorganisms under specific conditions. So you have what was ever in those plants, and so really the value of the so-called humic substance 
substances. We call it humic substances, not humic acid. Uh, the humic substances value is really based on what it was derived from. Uh, some humic substances derive from, let's say, reed sedge, like in a brackish swamp, which uh, uh, a lot of this stuff uh, out of the Great Plains, like Leonardite, for instance, is, is derived from reed sedge. You know, the, the type of organic matter that makes, you know, let's say, humic acid that does something is derived from broadleaf trees. And, and, and a, a, a set, the reed sedge, just for people that are listening, is not a very nutritionally dense product. It has not a lot of value to it, and it may be also called black peak. You'll hear people making mm-hmm. worm castings out of it. And same thing there. You want a good input to get a good output, is I, I think what you're saying there. And, and Dr. Faust and Jeremy, just for some of our listeners maybe who aren't 100% sure of what humic acids really are or what they're even used for, exactly what are humic acids and what purpose do they serve in the garden? Just in, in okay. real basic terms. Well, I'll, I'll try to make this pretty simple. Uh, all life on Earth evolves, you know, with humic substances. For instance, I developed all these products in my years in Hawaii, and I made the observation that you could get a high canopy rainforest growing on sterile lava in a fairly short time. How does that work? How do you get sterile lava that comes out of the ground at 2,000-some degrees, and then in 150 years you have a high canopy rainforest? Uh, Okay. Uh, I will tell you why. The first step in that is the formation of humic substances. Okay. And, and that comes from lichens and, and, and uh, plants that can colonize rock directly and utilize nutrients, but also, you know, use sunlight to fix uh, energy carbohydrates. And so as those primitive plants break down, grow and decompose they can, in a climate like Hawaii, uh, they convert into humic acids, and the humic acid starts to, let's say, dissolve the rock. And other higher plants start to evolve, start to grow on that rock. And uh, a soil builds up uh, from the decomposition of, of, of starts with grasses, then brush, and then you get trees. And So basically, humic acid is the difference between the earth and the moon. Okay. You know, it's the live it's the living bridge between a dead mineral and a living plant. And then of course that's the bridge between us and mineral. It are the plants. So yeah. without humic substances, you're not gonna get any plant growth. <laughs> bottom line. Uh, and there's way more to it than that. Now, there's so much to it. It it's 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 No, yeah, that it, was it's just it's yeah. basic to life, okay? And so why do you need it in a garden? Because if you don't, then you're dealing straight with straight uh, uh, salt fertilizers. You're right. dealing with an inert media and, and salts, which Perfect. is basically what hydroponics is. Sure. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it's just inert media with chemical salts balanced to, to a, in a perfect level or theoretically perfect for plant growth. But the problem with that is, all those nutrients tend to react. They tend to tie up and combine. And uh, so you don't, it's very difficult to maintain, you know, the right nutri- nutrition for a plant cell. And we're talking about cells also here. We're talking about cellular uh, function. 
because this works the same way with one cell organisms. It does plants and and also animals. And we use animals as, as bioassay, we use plants, we use seeds. It's a cellular phenomenon. Okay, why do we need it? Because without it, you have a very incomplete uh, picture there in terms of what plants need. Uh, you know, plants need enzymes. They need to complete enzyme systems. They have to have trace elements and forms that are chelated or available. And humic substances, specific fulvic acid, provides all those benefits. So in other words, you can make a theoretically perfect hydroponic solution. And we did this. Uh, it was research done at Humboldt University in Berlin, Germany, not Humboldt County. That's funny. Humboldt uh, ironic. Very ironic. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds Yeah, cool. in German, right? They the ones that are working the closest with me on this humic acid uh, problem. They're very high-level chemists, very, very high-level. And they have a hydroponic and aeroponic laboratory. Uh, greenhouse complex. That must be fun. And they they tested our product, fulvic acid, our you know full power, uh, and our other products in a theoretically perfect high, uh, aeroponic laboratory, growing uh, a range of uh, vegetable crops, including tomatoes, basil, uh, a lot of Thai vegetables because the researcher was a Thai PhD candidate. But anyway, uh, so you, you could devise a completely perfect theoretical NPK trace element, you know, hydroponic formula, and they did. And then they'd have controls using uh, the same exact formula, uh, NPK trace elements, and our products, fulvic acid or humic acid or TM7. Okay, so just to make a long story short, in, in the case of these vegetables, including tomatoes, Thai vegetables, which are mostly greens, like edible uh, sweet potato, basil, etc. Anyway, the yield increases over perfect were 95%. So, in other words, this is a missing link in terms of total uh, biomass production, or in other words, total efficiency. Now, can you go really, into... Can you- Help us distinguish. A lot of us have been using uh, humic acid. Some of us have been using <laughs> fulvic acid. There, internally among along among growers, there's a lot of misunderstanding between the difference, especially because, as you said, in California and Oregon, you gotta label them both as humics. Can you help explain how humic, I believe, turns into fulvic acid, and and what the differences are? Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah, humic, it, it all starts with, with, with humic acids with an S. See, there's acids a whole range plural. of humic acids with uh -huh. an S. You know, there's not one, there's no such thing. Okay, for, for one thing, there's no such thing as humic acid. It, it's, it's a fraction of humus or humic matter. In other words, it's like soup. Okay, what does that soup contain? That's what's important. Uh, humic acid is a broad term. Very, very broad, uh, and it, you have different molecular weights. Okay, so to try to put this into perspective, humic acid's black. Okay, I mean there, there's five different fractions of humic acids within us. Okay, there's five different fractions of fulvic acid. Okay, humic acid is black. We know that humus is black. Good soils are black. Okay, uh, fulvic acid is gold. 
It's the color of the sun. It's the energy from the sun. It's the same color as the sun. And if you look at our product, it's a golden uh, brass fulvicus, fulvus, fulvic in Latin is fulvicus. It means brass color or sun color. Uh huh. So that it's, actually it's refers to the color. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. So what, what fulvic acid seems to be, now we, we can bring in orgone theory in here because it's, it's soluble organic matter. Okay, soluble organic matter absorbs orgone energy, and, and water absorbs orgone energy. So you have the whole uh, concept, which is Wilhelm Reich and, and, and Pfeiffer and, and some people that develop biodynamics, okay? And it has to do with the organic matter absorbing orgone energy. That's a big story, okay? Right. But basically, fulvic acid is concentrated sunlight. That's cool. And I, I'm trying to make this simple. You know? yeah. I mean, well, and it's concentrated, I, it, it's concentrated by it, generations it of life and, and, and right. webs, you know, multiple ch uh, levels of the, you know, life web and, and all this. But at the end of the day, it's that sun energy that got into right. something that got eaten by in something. The, that in got the long eaten. run, so right. I, I like have a completely... Like grass-fed cows. Right. I have a completely hydro garden uh, that I'm growing right now, and I use the full power... Um, and essentially what I've just found that it does is, like you said, it's bottled. It helps my uptake of my nutrients, especially doing something like an ebb and flow. It's only, you know, getting fed for four minutes at a time, and then it's pulling down, and the, the humic acids are helping, and the, the, the full power helps my plants uptake what is important to it. Uh, big time, big time. But more importantly, uh, on a physiological level, increases the absorption of CO2 by the plant by about 20%. Okay, that's major. Yeah, that's amount. huge. And, you know, I've, since I've, I've also noticed that, too, when I was first, uh, when I wasn't using it, I was probably running my room, uh, you know, around 1,300. Um, and now that I do use it, I have it up around 15, and they love it. So exactly. it, it seems that they're so the plant, the plant is on another uh, yield threshold. It's on another plateau. Absolutely. I'm only half. Uh, I mean, I'm on day 37, and it looks like my flowers did last harvest in day 47. You know, so it looks it's common in the nicer. second harvest. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm com I'm way more confident now. But I mean, I you, I noticed the difference. So yeah. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of things going on. But back to the question: humic acid yes. versus fulvic. Uh, humic acid is black. Okay, it's yeah. high molecular weight. You know, it's like, okay, it's like how you refine crude oil. You know, like gasoline is at the top. Mm -hmm. It's like a low molecular weight. It's real volatile. It's kind of clear or kind of golden. And right. crude oil is black and tarry. Sure. Okay. So, you know, that's sort of an example of what I'm t trying to say here. In other words, only the low molecular weight uh, humic fraction, which is called fulvic acid, can be absorbed by cells. <laughs> The black stuff, or the, the black and brown stuff, is has an effect on soil structure, and soil microorganisms can uh, utilize it, and it does have an effect on soil structure, microorganisms, and stuff like that. But right. plants can't take it up. Gotcha. No, plants sense. can't take it up. And if you use too high of a concentration, or you use it too often, uh, you'll get wilting. You'll get yellowing. It tends to plug up the roots. Yeah. So we don't recommend it in a, in a completely, uh, matter of fact, in the testing at Humboldt University in Germany proved that, that the highest yield in a hydro, pure hydroponics comes from the folded mm -hmm. fraction, because the humic acid's just not doing anything. 
It no, can't be no. absorbed. Is no. it help? I use it as a foliar. Even is that is that humic acid as a foliar? I, I put a little bit of my full power in in my foliar. Well, full power is fulvic acid. Right. Fulvic. Yeah. So, so that can go the that cell. That can go through the with the. Yeah. yeah the only oils. the fulvic can, can be absorbed by the That's by the that, uh, of the leaf. That's exactly what it's like. I love it. So by cells in general. Now, <laughs> if you get some, like you can mix up our humic fulvic, what we call full humic. And, you know, you can spray that on plants, and, and the fulvic acid content in there is very high, and that's absorbed by the plants, and you'll get a response. The humic isn't. But the humic actually can protect against fungal invasion, like tobacco mosaic. It'll deactivate uh, uh, viral particles on the, on the surface of the leaf. Interesting. Hmm. So it has a, so so it has it, a, it, it, it has a protective effect, that. but that's so it. It's surface effect, it's you know, not, not internal. Yeah. That's cool. It's totally surface. And, and again, too much is, is a bad thing. Right. Is right. a bad uh, thing, right. And <laughs> so really, uh, in a hydroponic system, I would never use humic acids. I would always use fulvic acid, which is really low molecular weight. It's really yellow or gold. It's kind of like the 73 screen would be the fulvic and the 190 and all that kind well, of stuff. It's like when you buy motor oil or whatever. Yeah. You get, well, you know, the different right. I mean, even I'm the nitrogen that I use is, like, derived from from sea algae, I think, but it's just humic acids, and it's it's dark, thick, so black. So that's hum- It's not fulvic. And I've noticed so. even... Oh, yeah. It, it yeah just, kelp has humic acid in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like I said, so I used coffee. it and then tossed so it right away. But when you, now, when you put this, the humic acid in the soil... Dr. Mark texted me here, so I'm cheating. I don't really know this off the top of my head, but he says that the humates will bind to metals, metal ions such as iron, calcium, magnesium, and zinc, and make the carboxylate salts that enable the transport of these essential minerals throughout the plant and into plant cells that needs these minerals. Uh, and they also obviously increase the water holding capacity of the soil when you introduce it into soil. Now, my question is, does that go to like a soilless medium, like a cocoa, or just an inert peat? Well. You know, uh, again, uh, that's a tough one to say. Now, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. If you're talking about potting mixes, even, even uh, well, okay, especially uh, coconut coir, it's got high in salts. It's high in sodium, okay? Humic acid, the black stuff, I'll call it. <laughs> Let's call it. The black uh, stuff, the black liquid stuff. plants against uptake of sodium, okay? And other toxins, for instance, you can take a crappy potting soil you buy in a hardware store full of uh, bark. And when it breaks down, it gets gummy. It produces toxins. Okay, so if you happen to use uh, a hum- soluble humic acid product like our full power, full humic, in that, it will protect the plant against uptake of all that bad stuff. Okay. But if you're working with a totally inert, media or hydroponics or aeroponics well there's no need so that's you, know, you wouldn't actually you wouldn't want to use humic acids because okay. it's going it's to interfere it it tends to bind things you know like it might take the phosphate out of solution for instance so, so that could be a reason like uh, you said why my roots may be uh you know a little off-white or a little darker would be because you're using humic acids maybe not necessarily where they're supposed yeah, to be there exactly Exactly, and eventually they'll plug up the root. The right. humic substance will out. plug up the root. And now the other thing is, there's so many products on the market. Now, I've been doing this since the 70s, and I've seen them come and go over and over. And I call this the humic, the humic acid cycle. <laughs> okay, people find out about humic acids. sounds wonderful. They do all these wonderful things. It's like a miracle, you know. 
and they may even try some, and they get they get some great results. But then a lot of bad products come on the market, and then then fumic acid gets the reputation. Oh, it's a snake oil. It's a scam, you know. And then 20 years goes by, and, and, it, and it comes up again. See, I've seen that over and over. Uh, people jump into this thing. Uh, they think it's a quick buck, <laughs> and you know you can make it out of cheap uh, waste product from coal. You know, Leonardite. They just scrape it off the surface of coal mines in North Dakota. You know. Yeah, no, and so you know. And uh, that's that's obviously low quality humic material. It has it doesn't have much of it, that sunlight to be concentrated through the generations of life, right? No. And then you have heat. Okay, if you get if you take humic substances to 210 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, okay, uh, you, you just you, you oxidized it. Right. Uh, humic substances self oxidize. So if you drain a peat bog, or let's say you're farming a peat in California, like in Stockton, uh, you lose about an inch a year just from oxidation. So humic substances oxidize. They must be preserved. They must be uh, processed in a certain way. And the temperature can't exceed 210 degrees Fahrenheit, or you lose it all. So most of these companies, they'll make a, uh, a hot extract, with, with sodium hydroxide, with lye, and then they add phosphoric acid, and and then then they have a so-called fulvic acid solution, and then they might try to dry that with, with a blast burner or a blast dryer, and make a soluble powder. Well, they killed it. Okay, this, this is delicate chemistry. You know, enzymes, uh, polyphenols. Things like that. I mean, I can really get into what makes this stuff work. Well, I'll tell you what we got. We got half an hour left. Delicate. We have we have half an hour left to talk about uh, specifically about this. So, whatever depth you're comfortable going into that you feel you can steer us back out of in about thirty minutes, we'd love for you to take mm-hmm. it as deep as we can go. And also, well, I, I just uh, want to get that point across that the fumic acids is it, the term is so broad. It's like soup. What kind of soup? What kind of soup? Is it stone, yeah. stone soup, or is it minestrone, or is it tomato, or what? You know? I like Italian uh, wedding soup. That's so my there are soup How is your soup made? How's our made? Yeah, in comparison we, we, to it's not coal and heat and all this, you use right, like right, enzymatic right. And, and rainwater, yes. correct? Right, well, right, because we won't use groundwater because groundwater has uh, pesticides, toxins, metals, salt. Uh, and if you go back to orgone or biodynamic theory, it's lost its charge once it hits the ground. So it's, this is kind of complex. And I, actually, we also use vortexing techni- technique with, with this stuff. And that goes back to Victor Schollenberg and how you activate water and all that. I, I won't go into that very deep. But I'll tell you, we do use water that comes off the Gulf of Alaska, the Bering Sea, that comes down the coast here in the winters, and that's uh, we collect that, and then it goes through a vortexing process. It's already uh, very active, uh, and it's pure, and we we filter it additionally, and then we use a fermentation process. Now, no, most companies would never do this, like like people that were interested in my company or distributors. Uh, why do you do this, Bob? Uh, your product takes three months to make. That's unacceptable. We can't. We can't. You know, that's three. What? So you ferment it for so, three months? Yes, we do in, in a controlled environment. Uh, I, I started this in Hawaii, 
which you don't need a controlled environment in Hawaii uh, because it's, it was perfect. But here we have specialized uh, building lab where we produce this, and it has to be fermented, and we use a microbial culture from Hawaii. Remember I started talking about the microorganisms that break down lava, and then you have high canopy rainforests? Yeah. Okay, well, they're the microorganisms we use. So those specific microorganisms uh, can help <laughs> unravel an ancient molecule. So this humic acid has been sitting in the ground anywhere from 18,000 to a couple of million years. So it takes time to unwind that molecule, okay? Humic acid ore, it takes... Uh, Nine to twelve tons of compost equal two pounds of you know, of, human, of our full power, and that's because it takes twenty three feet of, of peat to to make one foot of humic of uh, humate, what we call humate, which is the the stuff we mine, and then we ferment, and it wakes it up. Okay, I, I'm trying to you know give you an idea. It takes time to wake it up. Okay, and so uh, this fermentation process is ongoing. And then uh, there's a certain point where it's, where it's ready. It's a little bit like winemaking. Uh, it's a lot like winemaking because we use similar equipment. And uh, it looks like wine when we're done. Too. It looks like good, you know, Marcel or Rhine wine. You know, it's got this color. And uh, so you have something that's biologically active. It's uh, done in a vacuum. So you don't have you don't have oxidized. It's not going to oxidize, okay? And then on top of that, the temperatures are kept at the right temperatures, which are below eighty degrees. It's very important. So and what's the start, what, starting material? Because we did talk about winterized before, but your material is not yeah. different. Well, not really. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. Over the years. Uh, Leonardite was always, it was Dr. Leonard in North Dakota that described yeah, Leonardite. exactly. It's, it's oxidized coal. It's oxidized lignite. It's a surface deposit where, where coal, big deposits of coal, they start to oxidize and they go slack, what they call mining slack, which means it starts mm -hmm. to break down into a powder. Okay, so that's called slack lignite or a Leonardite. Okay, that's your reed sedge stuff. It, it has very little, like maybe 1%. If you're lucky, a fulvic acid. It's been sitting out there in the open for millions of years. I mean, it's, it's, so that's really Leonardite. Okay, so there's other products that are more closely related to peat, more more like compressed peat. So in other words, something that was derived from higher plants, uh, like oak, you know, hardwood trees, bark, you know, lignite, and. Uh, and then it, it forms peat, which is something that's more aerobic, less anaerobic. I mean, in other words, the decomposition was with, with microorganisms in the air. Okay. And so they, they tend to do different things. So you end up with uh, what I call fossil peat, really. And because that's the only one that really has the, the fulvic acid that I'm looking for. You know? So it's not you peat, moss. peat It's like a hard no, fossilized... Peat moss, no. Yeah, peat, uh, peat moss is that. It's moss that's decomposed and forms a black, you know, nice or or not, or it's just sphagnum. I used to be in the peat business in Montana. So, I mean, I used to make potting soils out of what I call humus peat. Now, humus peat is just general 
uh, stuff from the forest, you know, leaves, bark. It maybe got washed into a low spot. It may have formed there. It decomposes over thousands of years. And that's a rich source of fumic, of fulvic acid, fumic acid. And, you know, it didn't leach away. You know, it didn't get hot. <laughs> So it's kind of hard to find. You know, so the deposits we find are preserved between uh, a clay. And a clay was deposited by volcanoes. So it tends to protect it from leaching and decomposition over, you know, eons of time. And so it's like preserved, you know, in the earth under layers of clay. And then we take it and wake it up, you might say. And pretty much extract the bioactive components. In the case of the full humic product, which is our soil product and used in media and potting mix and agricultural uses, uh, we, we take that humus piece and we have a one-step process that takes an insoluble, dusty material and turns it into a soluble, clean material in one step without a chemical extraction step, without a heat drying step, okay? Now, it's proprietary, you know, method. You know, I, 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 don't really, I don't really share that method, how we do that, but that's what we do. And so it's the only product out there that doesn't add anything or extract anything. So we, we take it from, we activate it. So uh, one pound of raw humic, of our stuff, full humic, is equal to 10, 10 pounds, 10 pounds of raw humic. So that was one of your questions. So what's the difference between, like, oh, this cheap raw humic, Leonardite, and our full humic? The difference is uh, 10 to 1 right. in terms of uh, uh, biological activity. And, and also application? One, one reason is because it's soluble. It's uh, the other reason is because we didn't destroy the good stuff in it. You see, now everybody else is using. Uh, oh yeah, yeah I mean close. I'm pretty good at that too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a, yeah. As a matter of fact, I got second place at the end a cannabis cup last year in Portland. Well, in that I'm case, in that case, I'm going to take a moment right now. And Adam, are you going to help me do an overrule on ADSI? We have to join forces for <laughs> overrule. Dr. Faust, if you're free April 16th, we're inviting you to the Adam Dunn Show Invitational. Details will be forthcoming. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So can we talk about uh, – is? What's up with the sustainability of, of the source of this uh, material? It sounds like there, you have – some sort of uh, pretty deep deposit uh, that you have access to is this stuff. It's slowly made though. So how quickly can we go through it? Well, there's extensive deposits of it. And North America is holding the stash on, on most of the humate. The Chinese have uh, equally good stuff, but they've been using it for thousands of years and they probably, you know, have less than we have, but we have others, multi-million tons of it. I mean, I've been approached by people that mining companies that have, miles of it, you know, so there are large, very, very large deposits in four or five states, and, you know, so I do bioassays, so biological assays, so I can determine, like, what's the good stuff pretty quick, you know, and, uh, but you can actually make it from waste, I mean, I would love to be doing that, you know, and actually I am working with one company that it's kind of working in that direction, but 
the Germans have used uh, fermentation, uh, uh, contained fermentation, that's called submerged fermentation, with specific microorganisms, specific fungi, fungi is behind this, uh, with waste, like bark or wood or trash or paper or something like that. But organic waste so or inorganic waste? Too? Yeah, yeah, organic okay. waste, organic uh, waste. Uh, mainly wood waste that have lignans, tannins, uh, things like that. There's lots of stuff like that out there. And they can make a, a humic acid that way. So, theoretically, we'd never, run, we'd never run out. <laughs> you know? Uh, in other words, if we ever ran out of the, of the... The only reason we're not making it synthetically, but, you know, using fermentation with waste, is because it's much more economically feasible to mine it at the present time. But if we ever did run out, oh yeah, I mean, we, we could shift right into uh, using these other techniques. And, and so- uh, you know, making biodynamic compost is, a, is, is, you know, I mean, everybody can make their own fulvic acid if right. you learn how to make biodynamic <laughs> compost. Well, and so that's a great bridge. It takes into, a long time. That's a great bridge into our next topic because we are, uh, you know, we still got twenty minutes left with you, of course, but uh, we are bridging into talking about biodynamics. And why don't you tell us a little about your background in biodynamics and how it comes into your work? Well, uh, I, I uh, attended the University of Delaware College of Agriculture. And you back do. In the, in the that's 60s, my neck 60s. of the woods. Yes. Yeah, that makes that. me so. I have so many friends from college or from high school that went to University of Delaware. It's ridiculous. Left, yeah. left you behind. Too, too much yoga mate. Well, it's a chemical. It's they have an agricultural college, and my my study was entomology and applied ecology. So I was interested in in, in non toxic pest control. I, I, for some reason, I was sort of organic right from day one. You know, uh, I sort of got a revelation back in the sixties. I you can guess maybe why, <laughs> but, uh, 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 yeah. but anyway, I, I wanted to be the alternative. I was interested in biological control, and of course, that we had a farm not far. So I was actually my last year in college. In that college, I went to I even went to Colorado State University for a while. So, Boom. Uh, in Fort Fort uh, Collins. Okay, so uh, but at the University of Delaware, I was also running the family farm. Pennsylvania. So I wanted to take that farm and turn it around into to an organic farm. And uh, I was uh, joined the Biodynamic Association, which is in Pennsylvania at the time. And I got into all this stuff like Hennepin Pfeiffer and, and, and Stein, Steiner and all this stuff. And, you know, reading Goethe, who, who was the basis of, you know, fairly esoteric German science you know, that influenced Steiner and Pfeiffer and all these people in biodynamics. It's very complex <laughs> and esoteric, big time. You know, like the, the burying the horns and all that. And Absolutely. The horn and, 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 okay, and, but I think, and the, and the, I the science out, of that has seemed pretty elusive to me since I've been, you know, I'm not necessarily initiated into those esoteric secrets. And from the outside, it looks a little, a little what I call hippie magic. Well, it was. It was. In those days, absolutely it was, okay? But we didn't have the tools then we have now. So now I understand a lot why biodynamic was working, okay? And it has a lot to do with fulvic acid, I can tell you that. And it has a lot to do with orgone energy, and that's another big discussion. 
And uh, that's really the energy of, of the universe. That's really what animates critters, let's say. That's what affects speciation. Uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating subject, but biodynamics is trying to understand this interplay between the environment, the universe, <laughs> us, plants, and how this all works. I mean, you're talking about things like uh, planting in, in, in the phases of the, of the, of the moon, for instance, uh, so a lot of it is kind of ancient wisdom. Some of it is just, uh, at the time, they didn't really understand the mechanism. Like, right. for instance, biodynamic preparations. Well, what are biodynamic preparations? You know, these were substances that, that were, the basis of it was composting. Okay. But then it was applied at, at homeopathic rates and has a huge effect on soils. Okay. Well, so does my full power. Okay. So I see basically our product called full power as a modern biodynamic preparation. Interesting. So you can, uh, it can be used on thousands of acres. And it has all the effects on soil structure, you know, earthworm activity and, and just general energy. But basically that's the whole idea of biodynamics. What we're trying to do in biodynamics is stimulate the soil web, the soil life, the microorganisms that function in the soil, soil as an ecosystem. And so anything you throw on the soil that can stimulate that is forming humic substances because humic substances are formed by the action of, of microorganisms, specifically fungi. Okay, and so for the formation of humic substances, you need trace elements, to complete enzyme systems, you need complex enzymes, and, and some of the substances that are uh, missing from normal soils that are supplied by humic acids. So it, it, it was an early attempt, before we had organic chemistry, before we really knew what was going on. In other words, if I pulled out a cell phone 100 years ago, it would have been magic, right? Right. Because nobody would have a clue, right? Like, what's the Who's that picture? You know, who, what? There's a moving person inside of it. That's magic, right? So back in the day, you know, uh, it's biodynamics is almost like it was magic, right? Because we couldn't really, it sounded crazy. But uh, now we have a better uh, idea of what's really going on. And the Swiss government, for instance, did a 21-year study where they compared biodynamics on a bunch of different crops versus conventional, which is using chemical herbicides, versus organic. Okay, so what was the cheapest unit of wheat, potatoes, etc. was produced with biodynamics. Okay, and that was published in Science Magazine, and, and really the chemical companies and the, and the status quo people in the world fought that article. They tried to get it taken out of Science Magazine because it didn't tell the story they wanted to hear. So that compared biodynamics with organics and conventional? Yes, with organics and conventional. Now, oh. it wasn't the highest yield, but it was the lowest cost per bushel, per <laughs> pound, per pound. Of, of what you're trying to produce. And in this case, it was wheat, potatoes, things like that. So, from, from an actually agronomic, from practical standpoint, biodynamic, it, it makes the most sense. Right. You know, as far as sustainability, but it's not marketed. <laughs> 
Right. You know, and if you can't, so, then you got to get it in a bottle, which yeah. is. And there's balance. so much faith yeah. in farming because it takes a year to prove the results or a whole grow season. A lot of farmers are skeptical to change any of their methods because they already know their current challenges that they're dealing with and they can at least get to a harvest. And so when you say we're yeah. going to change everything to biodynamic, that can invoke some fear in the person who's doing the farming. No, you can't really do that. I mean, uh, and it's such a big learning curve, too, yeah. uh, in biodynamic. And uh, so that's why I came up with what I came up with. I had a lot of time in Hawaii to think about these things. And I worked for some pretty big humate companies uh, in research and uh, also marketing. So I just had plenty of chance. I had plenty of uh, focus, you know, and not distractions. I lived in the rainforest for nearly 20 years. And, yeah, I was growing some stuff there, too. It was pretty good. But uh, <clears throat> it gave me time to, to, to think about these things and come up with a solution. You know? So what I see with our TM7, our Ion-14, our full humic is these are modern biodynamic preparations that make it practical. Now, I don't usually talk about that because, you know, it's, it's hard to explain uh, what you want biodynamics is. You know? Right. But... Uh, but with human substance science now, we, we have a, a better idea of what's really going on, and it's deep. It's very deep. And I, I could get into some of the latest research, which really uh, points a finger at uh, very specific chemical compounds that are in these humic acids, or in the fulvic acid, and these are called polyphenols. And the German researchers uh, have taken this thing farther than anybody, uh, right down to the genetic basis. So some of these particular polyphenols in the category of tannins, phenols, tannins are what's in bark. Okay. Tannins what's there's in tea, different. too, right? Like tannic acid comes yes, out of your oversteep tea. tea, right? Exactly, but there's five different fractions. Tannins, not just one thing. Uh -huh. Tannins with an S, okay? But so there are specific tannins that activate genetic pathways. Uh, for instance, open up uh, yield potential, put plants and animals on another level, hmm. okay? Uh, it's a little hard to explain. Um, for instance, I've been working with the giant uh, pumpkin people out here in Oregon you know, for the last bunch of years. And, you know, we went from like five, 600-pound pumpkins up to 1,500, 1,800-pound pumpkins, okay? Wow, 1,800-pound pumpkins? Without... Yeah. You're not going to get there without humic substance. Uh, wait a second. Humic, Hold on. Uh, humic and uh, and some uh, ecto. Uh, Mycorrhiza? Yeah, probably. Uh, endo, ecto? No, a lot of ecto, I think. Yeah. A lot of ecto on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crucial. That's a crucial part of this. Yeah. Like I, I was saying earlier, maybe I wasn't. <laughs> uh, Endomycorrhizal endo fungi are, are, are directly feed on fulvic acid. They feed on or they produce energies. They feed on it. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we didn't talk about this. No, we didn't talk about yeah. it on the show yet. I want to hear about this more. Yeah, tell me about this. <laughs> well, it, it's it's considered, uh, like, actually a nutrient basis, and it's selective. In other words, mycorrhizal fungi feed directly uh, from fulvic acid, uh, as, which, which is soluble organic matter and all these enzymes and other stuff. Uh, and if you, let's, for instance, it's, it's high in polysaccharides, sugars, okay? 
So, but if you just use plain sugar, you're stimulating all these other microorganisms like yeasts. Tell the customers to use it in their watering. What would be ideal from your perspective? Well, either one. I mean, watering, it's a more sure thing. You're getting on the right amount, you know, and that's a okay. gram per gallon. See, so Perfect. gram per gallon water. Okay, you can mix, you know, like, oh, let's say a pound in, 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 in eight or ten yards of uh, compost. Uh, no, the, the co most compost isn't going to have what we're looking for here. Uh, okay. It's got to be, back in the old time, the old day, they talked about well-cured or well-rotted compost. Okay. Yep. Now, that may take several years because the first thing that forms are the humic substances, and then it, and then you get this folding matter formation. Mm. It takes time, long-term, you know. Uh, that's why old peat, uh, like, for instance, they have a, a medical industry in Hungary where they extract folic acid from peat. So they have peat's 18,000 years old. Uh, as a matter of fact, the stuff we use is about 18,000 years old. So it takes a very long time. So if you stack up uh, some compost, let it age until it's got critters in it. Because and that's why a lot of these potting soil mixers will we oftentimes let them rest for a little while because we add fertilizers that are now going to rot or break down into the soil. And we don't want to plant immediately into that depending on how much we add. No, you don't. Not in ideal conditions. You want, uh, like, we, we stack stuff out here and we, we age it for years. I mean, we, we make our own compost, which we use for our <laughs> potting when we do, and we, we put a lot of our humic acid in it, right, you know, in the initial stages of the composting. It's sort of like priming the pump. It's priming the pump. You have to look at it that way. In other words, That's great. So I've never used your humic process. I make my own thermal compost in a few months and run it through a warm bin, and then I end up using it later. Could I put some of your full humic in my compost pile when I'm activating? It'd be a very wise move because, for one thing, it has an amino acid called... Uh, thiocene, thiocene, okay? Now, this is why we're not seeing earthworms, because after years of farming, you know, these amino acids break down. They're unstable. They're not being replenished. And for years, I, I, I we'd sell people hemic acid, the raw stuff, or the soluble stuff, and they'd see earthworms reappearing. Okay, I, we never knew why that was until recently. It's, it's, it's about amino acid thiocene. So it's, it's a crucial component of the whole food chain, which earthworms are crucial. And I believe me, I'm a definite believer in vermicompost, big time. Uh, because if an earthworm eats it, uh, it's done. It's good. I mean, I had a, a vermicomposting uh, in, in Hawaii. And I, and I, you know, and a lot of people did, a lot of organic farmers did. And, we, and that's what we use for our growing media. So that's about the, and then of course we sell, our company sells to oh, lots of folks that do earthworm uh, products, let's say. Good to know. Uh, lots of, yeah. Uh, they use our product in, 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 in conjunction with vermicompost, big time. And also uh, they use our product TM7 in the uh, uh, compost tea world because you make compost tea. You can make compost, but what if you use materials that are deficient in trace elements? Then you, yeah. you end up what if your compost. Yeah, if your compost was made from a waste product on your land, and your land didn't have the trace minerals in it to start. Yeah, precisely, and that's where TM7 comes in. TM7 is uh, our full humic 
which is our converted humic acid, soluble, mostly soluble, that's reacted in our biological process with specific additions of trace elements in the exact right proportion for most soil conditions. In other words, there's iron, cobalt, molybdenum, and they're required for nitrogen fixing and most uh, microbial activity. It also has selenium, but then it has the biggies like manganese, zinc, iron. You know, yeah. but all in the right proportion, not just shotgun. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is what we find is the missing link. There's there's several missing links here. Okay. One of them is trace elements <clears throat> and a specific balance. And then the other is the humic substances, which is really enzymes, uh, polyphenols, complex stuff, chelators, you know, all that. So... You know, that, that's actually part of my research work uh, on my master's degree in agronomy was uh, what are the limiting factors of, of plant yield and growth? What's holding us back? You know? Yeah, and that's what I tell people yeah. when we look at their soil test and we're looking at uh, an additive to use. I always suggest PM7 to make sure we're not having any limiting factors with some of those trace minerals. Yeah, that's so crucial. And then you have the disease factors here, too. Now, I discovered this stuff in Montana in 1972. Uh, I had an old farm, and I bought a little ranch, a few acres, and it was overgrazed. How am I going to fix this? You know, I was a back-to-the-lander, you know. You know, I wasn't a city hippie. You know, I was, like, back-to-the-land, you know, that kind of guy, right? Uh, and... So I, I heard about something called humic acids or humate, and I did a little test with corn, and, and the results were huge. Okay, so then it led to me as a consultant working with seed potato producers, let's try some on a 40-acre field. Let's strip the field half with, half without. And this was just the raw stuff from New Mexico, really low grade. And what I saw was the where we treated the potatoes, there wasn't any insect damage right to the row where we didn't treat, they, they were like Swiss cheese. There was all kinds of uh, leaf-eating insect damage. It was dramatic, right to the row. You know, what? You know, and of course, I was <laughs> an entomologist, and, you know, I mean, so I saw something there that this could save the world. I mean, we could eliminate pesticides. This is amazing, okay? That's what got me started on this. And there is something there... You know, and again, it's 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 things like uh, polyphenols and what they call quinones. These are our different compounds that plants use to protect themselves in nature, and they are concentrating in these humic substances. And so, plants, if you foliar spray or it's taken up by the root system, these protective compounds are, are present, and they tend to repel insects. They tend to be antiviral. The Chinese are really they really know about this stuff. The Chinese use this stuff on millions of acres, okay? And they've done research, which I had translated into English, which shows the fulvic acid uh, curing major plant diseases. You know, of course, this is deadly in the U.S. We don't want this. You know, this is too well, cheap. It's, uh, you know, it's no good. When you talk it's, about it's, uh, China, I always have to think. I've got this book, maybe you've heard of it, called Farmers of 40 Centuries. Organic farming in China. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's a, 
that's the classic book. Yeah. Well, I think about it, I go, 40 centuries and they haven't messed it up yet. Man, we've had a couple hundred years and it started getting kind of bad on our farm ground. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you, okay, you have a different philosophy in general, okay, from China to here. We're, we're mechanistic, we're industrial. Uh, we uh, are looking at things as uh, reactive. In other words, our, me- our, our medical system is treating symptoms. Okay, so we, we're always treating symptoms. You got an insect, kill it. You got a bacteria, you find something to kill it. Okay, well, it's holistic in, in Asia. Asian medicine is like Asian agriculture. It's more preventative. It's more understanding of the causes of things. And that's why they have a very advanced herbal medicine. That's why they, in, in the hospital system, they make folic acid in China at the Nanking Naval Hospital in Peking, and whom I'm in contact with their pharmacist. Uh, it's a crucial health product. It's a crucial part of their medicine. It's a crucial part of their agriculture. I actually drink drink some of the full power. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that, but I do drink it personally from time to time. So on purpose, a lot of people do. <laughs> yes, a lot of on purpose. Do it. Just checking. You never you know. Just be like, good for you, yeah, good for yeah. your plants. Just, that's always yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing in it that's toxic. You know, it, it has no heavy metals. It, it has no toxins. Now the black stuff does. The black stuff. Humic acid liquid. Don't ever drink that. It's got. Yeah, I'm not ball. drinking the humic. Uh, I'm liquid. drinking the no. <laughs> It's got nine parts, good, nine, ten parts per million lead. Oh, man, Not I couldn't imagine thing. taking a shot of full power. Uh, uh, do it. Uh, Take a shot of full power, kid. Uh, you got to do, do it. it. Sunlight. Part of your, it taste part terrible? Of your It'll like, clear all your Taco Bell right that's, out. That's your initiation, jumping. Does it taste terrible? <laughs> no, it has no flavor. That's full power jumping right Just there. Just water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes me yeah. tastes like water, bud. Gets me sick even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, we, you know, we, sell, uh, we have a whole other division that's just health products, and it's sold like almost worldwide. Now, can I mean, full power go Europe, bad? Australia, we we do have one. We do have one chat room question. Can full power go bad? Does it expire? Well, well, it doesn't expire. No, I mean that, because it's already millions of right, years or right. thousands of years old. But petal, uh, it, it will oxidize. Right. And okay. heat. Now, I already mentioned the heat factor. Right. So you have to keep to keep it from from heat. Like if you put it in a car and it gets hot inside of a car or something gets really hot. Yeah. Uh, I've done this on trips to South America when I take something with me. It's hot. It it gets uh, it smells like a swamp. It gets what I call swampy. Yeah. It gets swampy. Uh, mm-hmm. So. It, once you open it, it's going to get contaminated, and if it gets warm, it'll go swampy. And you'll know it. And it, it, you'll yeah. get uh, algae growing around the water line. Yeah, it's pretty, Just al- algae. It's pretty it, easy to plants, smell. plants, of course. <laughs> and that's what it, that's exactly what it smells like, the swampy smelling. I, it's compared to, like, swampy. if you ever have, like, a basement flooded and what, like, a, a flooded mm-hmm. carpet even smells like. That's it's very easy to smell yes. with your nose, for sure. And, yeah, that's right. It'll get swampy on you. So that's not necessarily a bad thing, but... If it starts to get that way, it's it's starting to lose value because there's things happening uh, right. that are oxidizing yeah. and changing and, things. And, and now general so, oxidation is going to increase that value loss, like if you leave it in sunlight <laughs> or if you leave it open or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's in a dark yeah, it's, main, it's mainly uh, dark. Dark is really the important. Dark and cool is important. Uh, sunlight, per se, isn't going to hurt it, except it's going to heat it up. 
Right. Actually, it absorbs energy from the sun. So, so, so I got a, I got a, a little marketing idea for you. Why don't you oh bottle my. it? Why don't you bottle it like wine, and then we can store it like in, a, in our little cellar cellars. And keep it there. It's a little perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of folks do. I mean, a lot of folks uh, take this stuff every day. Really? Uh, the form, the uh, form we use for human consumption is processed like wine. Yeah, you, you said know, you just called like making Lugin, equipment and all Lugin that. Lugin right? Wujin sand. No, Wujin yeah, sand. I put, I put your videos of the Wujin sand on our uh, Build a Soil blog that kind of really informative, and it's you discussing the Wujin yeah. sand. So if anybody wants to check that out, he's got some good YouTube videos on it. Jeremy, would you mind cross-posting those on our Adam Dunn show forum? Yeah, yeah, I will. Thanks, man. Uh, I just want to put uh, ask you gents to hold on one second. Please stay on the line, and Jeremy, if you could prepare to add uh, Steve Storch to the discussion after we do... Uh, about five minutes of shout-outs here, uh, then we will continue where we left off, if that's good with you guys. Okay, yeah, I'm good to do that. And so, basically, I'm just waiting, and I'm going to get Steve on right now, correct? Yeah, just uh, have Steve call in in about five minutes, okay. and then we'll... And you want Dr. Faust to hang out? Yeah, Dr. Faust, please stay on the line. Okay, I'm standing by. Right on, cool. All right, very good. Of course, we want to give a big shout-out to way to grow our number one grow resource in Colorado. Adam, why don't you tell oh, yeah. us the correct number of way to grow stores? Seven. <laughs> seven. Seven. I was seven. correct. Yeah. yeah, you. but you said I was wrong or something. No, no, You no. said I was... He I did. said the he kid was wrong. wrong. Yeah. Adam's said, been saying six. And I was, Adam's been I, saying that there's 19 <laughs> stores and there's only seven. No, no, no about that. Tell us, tell us, Adam. Anyway, the newest shop is in Silverthorne. So if you're up there in the mountains, you can uh, get your gear without having to come all the way down, especially... During those crazy snowstorms, which last night we had a little snowstorm. Was oh, much. Wasn't yeah. much. Wasn't much. I I was surprised. I like looked out the window and I was like, "Am I awake? Is yeah. this really like was, a huge snowflake?" Yesterday was, yesterday was, yes, and yesterday was shorts. Yesterday yeah. was shorts. But uh, seven locations and the one at uh, twelve fifty. Uh, or uh, sorry, sorry, I just uh, <laughs> at the uh, Platte Platte River. Platte. Yeah, at the Platte River location is the twenty thousand square foot largest one, and they also have concentrate uh, corner there with it's awesome so you can pick up all your concentrate stuff a friend of mine picked up a cascade oven the other day so he was stoked didn't realize that he has to buy a pump now he has to go back and get a pump but at least you don't have to like order it on the internet wait etc 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 exactly exactly well uh, and of course Incredibles Edibles uh, Colorado's number one edibles boom if yeah. you're coming to Cannabis Cup I'm sure they'll be there so you gotta check that have out have you tried the gummies yet I haven't they're good. They're, if you like gummies, like I've been trying to find a good gummy candy. Often that gummies taste contain gelatin, terrible. so yeah, that's I, can't eat, I can't eat. I can't eat them. They're each good other. though. They're good, but I mean, they, when it comes to their, you know, like I said, their avocado bar is still probably my favorite. I haven't one. even tried one. I gotta try. You one. gotta try one, man. Know, it's the, the caramel. You can. It's not usual that they say like oh the drizzle, the I caramel. Did. You can taste the caramel in it. It's good. nice. You can right. taste the caramel. It's really good. Of course. Hey, uh, Mitch. Adam. Yo. Just want to let you know I'm back, and I've got Stephen Storch on the line, so we can hang out. But I just want to let you know. Cool. Right on. <laughs> Roger, right on. Well, that's perfect because the, we got 15 seconds left to talk about Build the Soil. So. <laughs> oh, of course. Shout out to Build the Soil. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy found his <laughs> slot reading my timer impossibly via the, the <laughs> psychic mind waves because he drinks full of the acid. <laughs> that's my soul. Yeah. Buildthesoil.com <laughs> if you want in on this. If you want psychic abilities, Build And, of soil. course, shout out to Dark Horse Genetics, uh, the host of the Bruce Banner Bowl. Again, you guys are interested in the Breeders Only Seed Swap. You guys are interested in the pop-up seed bank. you got to come down. Adam, let him know when and where, what time. It's on April 18th at the Oriental Theater here in Denver. Kickoff to the cup itself. So Is there a place they can get pre-order tickets from, or do they just grab tickets at the door? 
Give them the. Uh, it says it right there. It's Oriental it Theater's website address. Oh yeah, it says tickets are available at www.orientaltheater.com. Boom. Orientaltheater.com. Search Murphy's Law <laughs> and bang, you'll be good to go. There you go. Get in, come in. Seats. I'm sure they're gonna go quick too. So. Yeah, they're gonna. Out. I mean, not only just is there of, everything just because of the pop-up seats. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's it. it. I don't dude, know. Once you, whole place is done. Every it's time done. there's a cup event, it just goes quick. Yes. And when we're bringing together breeders and seeds, and add that to something to do after the first day of the cup. Also, want to do a quick shout out uh, for the big show coming this coming to town again, and it's going to be a, a very large one this year. So they have four different uh, arenas. I think they have a wow. a vapor uh, dedicated vapor only uh, thing going on. So all the different vape pens represented, and they're going to have uh, the Horticulture 360, which will be all grow stuff. So that's pretty cool. And we're going to have a booth there. So we're going to be nice. representing hard, doing a lot of interviews, and they also have the Galleria that they always do, uh, which is glass from the top artists all over the country. And I mean, amazing! They actually do such a good job of just getting them displayed and everything too. Properly, it's really so, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice. Like they actually bring some class. Bring us some class. Is around. that at the Expo Center too? The same place as the cup exact is, right? same place to keep yep. it all rolling and keep everything. So it's just the days before the cup at the same place. Yeah, exactly. The days the cup, so it's yeah. a build up to the cup. Yeah, they got nice. a lot of work to do to get that up and down. Nice. All right. Well, on that note, let's uh, and bring... And over to AU Extracts, of course. Of course, AU, AU Extracts. Extracts. Of course. Yes. AU Extracts. AU. 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 Like so that. where's that dab? Where's that AU dab? Yeah, you know, I got to you know, I gotta try some of that tea. And on that note, just a little one, just a little taster. And on that note, let's bring back uh, Jeremy Silva from Build a Soil, who's presenting us now with... Uh, Steve Storch and of course Dr. Faust. And again, you can you can visit them at uh, uh, bioag.com is where Dr. Faust is, and he he's uh, the maker of Full Power, Cyto Plus, a bunch of other products. And then you can also go to buildasoil.com, and that's how you can get a hold of all of Jeremy's products and uh, essentially build a soil. And Steve, we want to welcome welcome you to the conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Uh, from under the uh, eastern tundra. Nice. Where are you based out of nowadays? You're you're somewhere in the like I feel like the Mid Atlantic region. Is that right? Yeah, out on Long Island. Oh, you're out on Long Island. Okay. Oh well, yeah. Long Island. Oh, definitely not Mid Atlantic. You're northeast. <laughs> right on. So, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, and and uh, especially the biodynamic products that you're bringing to market? Well, uh, let me say I was, I was educated in uh, marine biology actually, and I spent like. I don't know, all my early years, you know, commercial fishing and going to college for marine bio. And then I stayed out, you know, when I went to Southampton College, I stayed out on the eastern end of the island here. And I married into a farm family that happened to convert their old family farm to organic and biodynamic in the 70s. So by the early 80s, it was pretty much all converted. And that's kind of where I learned and practiced uh, what I do. And it's been, you know, it's a farm that's been in production since 1644, and you know, we're supplying a, a roadside store and three, four, five, five CSAs of like a total of probably 600 members, and we're able to maintain you know soil fertility. <laughs> with that kind of uh, commercial vegetable production. You know, grow 350 varieties of lettuces, tomatoes, squashes, herbs, I mean, you know, 
just everything, flowers, some fruit, berries. And, and so how much of biodynamics did you come, did you get from that? And how much did you, you know, teach yourself and learn on your own? Hey, can we also um, just ask well, you to actually, turn I, down the feed I, on your computer? We're going to get some echo. Oh, yeah. If you're listening um, to it in the background, would you ask you to just turn down those, your speakers? And I just want to say I've come up with an awesome new segment for the bell, and I'm going to save it to the end because it's going to be the end of every I saw show. It. I saw it. But I have a great new – but I have a new – no, but that has nothing to do with it, but it's going to be great. just want to say be great. Great. Give great. a guy from Philly a bell and he'll, he'll get <laughs> That's awesome. Hey. You brought me this Liberty Bell. I was like, Yo. you're the fucking man. You brought me a Liberty Bell. Okay. Cool. Uh, he said he brought it for me, but whatever. He did, but you're not from Philly, so eat it. I'm pretty sure he said he brought it for the kid. No, he said he brought it for you. For the show. All right. For the show. So let's bring it back. Apologize for that. We got the background noise turned off. So. All right. Oh, no, it sounds like my yeah, stuff. I don't know. I, was, I had just gotten my tractor and I was in the moving we just moved the compost yard and i saw my brother-in-law was digging a hole with a friend of mine hugh williams who's an amazing biodynamic orchardist uh upstate new york in the hudson valley and you know it was more that my brother-in-law was digging with a shovel that made me go over and look and i went over and they were burying some horns and i just was like you know what are you doing you know my friend hugh has been doing already biodynamics for probably 10 years so I briefly explained it, and I said, really? So from there, I just I delved into it, and I tried it, and I saw the results, and it worked, and I just kept kept going with it, and that was probably, that was, that was 1989. So, I mean, but before then, when you first saw it, you must have thought, like, what's up with this hippie magic? This is some... Hippies. This well, is strange. you know, I mean, I was a trained, you know, marine biologist, so... You know, I don't know. I mean, I was more curious than uh, naysaying at first. I said, you know, these are two very practical people here. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I said, well, let me, let me before, I, before I make any judgments like that, I'm just going to try it. And I did. And I saw things that, yeah, I saw how it worked, kind of. And, and tell you the truth, it really took me, finally, probably 10 years of doing it and seeing things and not seeing things before I finally like had a moment of like, wow, look at that. You know, there were some spots in the field. The land here is very flat. And, you know, there would be these holidays in the middle of the fields from big puddles, you mm. know, from these heavy early June rains. So, you know, before the farm, you know, the farm did go through a period of growing potatoes and with all the chemicals. And, and so there was this rehabilitation period. But, you know, the soil went from having these puddles that would last for weeks after a, a two or three inch rain the wrong time of year, and you know the crops would die out and not grow there, to being <coughs> and seeing that in the morning after heavy rain and then coming back later to you know, check on the cows, and the puddle is gone. So I went and I looked closer, and you know the I could see the earthworm activity was had all kinds of drain holes opened up all the way down through the subsoil. And there were probably, you know, that was by the mid-90s, there was probably 600 pounds of earthworms per acre doing their work. And it just was like, okay, so, you know, it's really, really works. And then, you know, once I could do that and I developed these other sprays and started working with the silica spray, like, you know, I could go in a field or a landscape, and you know, you do one spray, and the plants completely change their 
habit of the way they're holding their leaf and their posture. That's some of what what impressed, I think, me when when I started using aloe and and silica and coconut, especially where you just see the plants with the leaves pointing upwards. They really, they just look happy. They look like they're do they're they look more like they're doing their job as antennae better. Right, they pick up instead of like hanging and drooping. They like get you know have this turgidity and they stand up and like turn themselves towards the sun and lift. Actually, it actually enhances the levitational quality of the plant. That's nice. That's when that's when a happy plant. That's always a happy plant. <laughs> and you know, and then I ended up having you know I developed hydraulic stirring machines, and then you know that was a hard sell. And I met Elaine Ingham in 1998, 99, and I was working at a vineyard, and she spoke to a bunch of vineyard people. So that's when I started working on, you know, the compost tea brewers. And, you know, I used to do all kinds of aquariums and undergravel filters and, you know, moving water with air and those kind of things. So, I, you know, that was what gave me the background and the impetus to develop the Vortex Brewer. And, um, you know, it's a way of just making biodynamics available to more people, you know, kind of demystifies it. Sure. Can you tell us about here's the, the Vortex? The, like stirring tool, and here are the preps you can put in and just go. So can you tell us more about the, the Vortex Brewer and, and how it works? Um, wh- hey, I'm thinking works? we've also got Faust on the line, and I want to make sure he needs to be hanging out. I know it's time's back. Oh, yeah, no, no, and he's, he's, he's definitely welcome to please participate in any of these uh, and, and share in this discussion. It sounds like they had similar backgrounds with uh, old family farms and seeing some real benefits to biodynamics. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually really interesting that it's kind of the, in, the case in both uh, for both. Yeah. It's, it's a phenomenon of the East Coast, too. I mean, that's where the biodynamic association was. I saw my first biodynamic farm in Maine back in, like, 65 or something like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's something that was happening more on the East Coast. Yeah, Maine, not, not in Philly. It was in Maine. And you also vortex <laughs> your water, uh, Dr. Faust, uh, when you're making your humic and fulvic <laughs> products, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we have a, yeah. a vortexing device, especially important in the human product. We, we, we vortex the human product. And that just gives it, uh, it, it, it... That's work based on, uh, on, on an Austrian named Victor Schollenberg. And you, yeah, you and that's what it. turned... That's what turned me on to Stephen Storch. I had, you know, just started uh, growing, and obviously he's been doing this for much longer than I. And I looked to the leaders in the in the industry to find information, and I found my local shop started to use some of Storch's products and the Vortex Brewer, and I was really intrigued by the vortexing. So, yeah, it, there's something to that. Again, you know, it seems like uh, fantasy or you know, woo woo, you know, kind of stuff. Just because we don't understand it. We don't totally understand it yet, you know. <laughs> like, like, like I said, it's beyond us scientifically, and we can't take a single-factor approach and analyze it, you know. And, and, uh, you can't, but if you look at, um, there's a if you look on YouTube and you put in helical model of the universe and watch, it's like two or three minutes long. Yeah, and it shows how the sun is going through space-time 
And basically, you know, the planets get dragged around behind the sun in its wake, and they're vortexing around the, the sun's orbit. See? So Saturn goes in 30 years. It takes Saturn 30 years to do one revolution around the sun. You know, the Earth does one a day. You know, the Mercury does a few a month. You know, they all have different rates. So when you look at it, all the planets are moving at different rates, and you can see, you know, the inner planets, Moon, Mercury, Venus, between the Sun and the Earth and the planets outside the Sun, you know, Saturn, Mars, Jupiter, and plus all the other big ones and, and everything. And it's just all weaving and spinning and vortexing. And the resonance of our system makes everything grow up in a vortex. Water vortexes. The oceans, through, you know, with the rotation and the production of and the mixing of warm and cold waters, move in vortexual patterns. And, and I so, think the other you know, interesting thing is that plants actually brewer, vortex. Plants grow in like a corkscrew. They don't grow in a straight line. Plant, well, DNA grow grows in a vortex. I mean, well, sure, everything grows in like a core. That's <laughs> not just, if you go through the back scanner, it doesn't. No, then it's fucked. The de vortex. Yeah, basically, cells. You know, cells are a vortex phenomenon. You have electrons rotating around a nucleus. See, <laughs> yep. So yeah. it's, it's not. It's not flat of of everything. You know. And, you know, in our production of full humic, I don't usually go into this because it just muddies the water. Yeah. So I don't usually uh -huh. talk about vortexing, you know, but I know it improves the product. We, we make our full humic in a vortex system, okay? I mean, it's, it's pretty advanced stuff. Yeah, I have a... But I, have... It's, I don't usually talk about it because why talk about it? Because it's, it's, it's yeah. you know, the product speaks for itself, so... Yeah, but, but we care about that, and that's why I'm glad you're sharing it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. I have a, uh, I have a, uh, a, uh, a vortex built into the uh, ozone, aqueous ozone generator that I have. So it runs it, so it runs, uh, first it runs it through ozone, and then it drops it into a vortex, and it's active for about four hours. And then after four hours, it just goes back into a water molecule. Uh, you know the same, so it's kind of definitely def there's some definite magic built into the vortex so, for sure. And hey, uh, Storch, when did you start the Vortex Brewers? I'm curious about how long you've been doing that because I saw your boneyard of your prototypes on a photo one time, and it looked like you'd made a thousand of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I started in 1998 was the first prototype I made, and then. By um, 2001, I think, I, when I'd gone to Acres, I had, you know, built that uh, model out of a five-gallon water jug, and I had the nice four-way manifold on the bottom, and that's that's the design that I put up on the uh, Subtle Energies website. Yeah, that's the open information, the open source info that you've shared for a while, right? Yep, yep. Okay. And... Um, you know, and then as I figured out different materials and tanks and stuff, they just always evolved. And, uh, you know, to what, it is, what we're doing now, and I can, you know, I could I build them with, you know, magnets in the manifolds, and I'm actually now I was talking to a guy today so I can make a mold for the part on the bottom that really requires, it's almost, you know, between the fittings it and like, cut. It's like, like a golf ball dimple-looking one? What's yeah, that? that's a manifold piece that looks like it had dimples cut out. Steering. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know, hand tooled that huh. with a Dremel and put put those like a golf ball surface on it, 
to make the uh, the water go faster. Interesting. And there was, that one that also had magnets embedded in it in a, in a couple of different patterns. I did so, that on the in the center where the vortex goes in, and then where the where the return lines go back up. I put you know magnets and that dimpling in also. So yeah, that just lets the water play more. You know, once you do that, like you know, if, if the flat the flat wall of a pipe creates a lot of friction, they make mm-hmm. you know they do that for golf balls so that when it goes sailing through the air, that rippling lets the ball go faster. Interesting. Yeah, so you know that lets the water go and play, and then your big brewer that you're talking about with the magnets is that a newer uh, device that you're working on right now? Uh, I did, I did one, I did the first one last summer. You know, I used to just take the magnets and stick them on the outside of the vortex body, and even I would tape them around on the outside of the manifold. But you know, then I just you know, so people didn't like, you know, the tape would wear off and the magnet would fall off, so I figured out a way to in, embed them into the PVC. I just drill some holes. And you buy, like, yeah, you get an eighth-inch drill and you get the little neodymium magnets. You can get eighth-inch by a sixteenth or an eighth-inch thick by an eighth-inch round, and you can just you drill the hole and you can just put them in the side. So I put a piece of, you know, dab of silicone over it and then you glue the pipe together and it's hidden inside. Interesting. Yeah. Now, who's who's your main market? I know that you've talked to me in the past about uh, wineries using some of your Vortex brewers, obviously uh, indoor growers using your, your product. Uh, what yeah, would the benefit was, be? You know, I, I'm looking to water my soil, and I would get a Vortex brewer to use your products to make a, an active compost tea, right? Yeah, but it's also very energetic. You know, like okay. you know, the... You're making the water more of a wetting agent by vortexing it, and you're imprinting it, and it goes through the vortex with whatever products you're using. Now, see, that's the thing with biodynamics. If you're taking a biodynamic preparation, either the 500, or which is the manure, the horn manure, the horn silica, or the the compost preparations that go in the yeah. compost, or you you you're only vortexing it for an hour, and then you're putting it on the field. Interesting. So, you know, in one hour, you're going to grow some bacteria. You're not going to grow complex uh, fungi um, in your high up protozoa or any algae. is not going to appear in it in that short so the, of a time. Right. The benefit's so, coming from the energy. It's, well, the, it's, it, it's in that compost, and then you're imprinting that, impressioning that onto the water, and then you're applying that to the field. You know, see, when, when the water molecule goes through the vortex, now, see, water is a dipole, so the hydrogen, H2O, it looks like a couple of Mickey Mouse ears on the oxygen. And it's generally, I think, about 62, 64 degrees. But when it goes through the vortex, those bond angles get stretched out to 102. Hmm. And then it comes out and it snaps back and it's through that stretching and contraction period where it's, you know, what they call the memory of water is activated, see, so then it's kind of all the information in the compost, what it went through in the horn and the ground for the winter and being stimulated by the, you know, forces of Saturn, Mars, and Jupiter is, is what uh, stimulates root growth. Sounds like you're training the water, basically. Yeah, you're entraining it with, with, those, with that information. And, 
and then so like you know if you look at our plants at the early in the season and like you know believe me on the farm here we kind of beat the soil up you know we're we're doing production and they haven't really got into anything like no-till it's very heavy rotation and you know the soil's all plowed and disked and then gone over with uh those uh alice chalmers g's with different weeding baskets and little cultivators to cut down on hand labor for weeding and the soil gets beat up but you usually use these sprays and the regeneration is incredible like you pull up uh, a root after a few weeks after you're done cultivating and you know the mycorrhizae in there is phenomenal the depth of the root you can see is just huge you know and the, the root the root mass is like a hundred times more than like on a conventional farm and you know the plants are getting all their nitrogen through the life death cycle of the soil microbes you know the nitrogen comes from amino acids proteins yeah and fats and i, and I want to talk about so the source you know, for microbe you either die and your body goes back to the soil or you get eaten and then you get you know uh, defecated out as nitrogen so, you know, there's not a lot of choices for them. Yep. And I, I did want to ask about the sources for your Progress Earth products. I, I've heard that they're really, really extremely high quality, and, and I know the results from using your products are extremely good. Uh, for people who don't know anything about biodynamics and are just kind of throwing them in a brewer and applying them like mm-hmm. you would any other compost tea. Yeah, no, I, I keep... Um, few cows. I have my own Scottish Highlander cows. I got four of them that I keep just for the manure. And, you know, they, they generate in their loafing and feeding area probably 30 tons a year there with the, you know, the bedding and the hay and the straw I put in. And, you know, that goes into the compost that uh, we, they call recharge. And then the compound it's just the straight manure. I pick that up off the field and bring that, and that gets mixed with like ground up oyster shells and eggshells and local seaweeds. And I have some great local rock dust I get from some Rhode Island quarries. And I have some stuff from Montana, paramagnetic basalt. You know, so I, you know, I, I've been grinding. I got a hammer mill for grinding like terracotta and shells, bricks, and things like that. So, you know, putting all that stuff in there as a food source at the beginning of the cycle, which makes... So that boom gets mixed, and I got different size pits, like some pits for, like, whole, we'll hold a ton of that stuff, and some pits are, like, three tons, and I just added one that's probably, like, six, six-ton pit. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to kind of I've never been outstripped my supply with the demand but this spring I filled a lot of bags and sent them out <laughs> and you know it's it takes it takes uh at least 9 9 months to a year for me to look at that compost and say okay this is finished and ready to go and how do yeah, you tell I was talking to you about your compost and you have compost from years past I thought that was pretty cool yeah I have let me see, I got my 2012 pile is barely touched. 2013 is not touched. 
and I have 2011. It's pretty much just sitting there, and I got from the other piles from 2009 back to 2000. There's you know a little bit of that. Had, uh, I was getting compost food waste from a school, and I had them spraying the food waste as it went out of the kitchen with Pfeiffer compost starter. Mm-hmm. And that, if you ever seen the Pfeiffer compost starter, what they do is they take the cow manure and they mix it. Very complex recipe that's pretty well guarded, and it, and then they do that for thirty days. And like they'll add like a, they'll shoot a add a groundhog to it and chop it up. And so, you know, in a month, 30 days of running this cement mixer, this stuff is like completely pasty, liquid, digested, and then they lay it out into cookies and they dry it and then they grind it. So it's like this really super fine powder. So you just take a little bit of that and you mix it in warm water for 12 hours and then you spray it on your compost. So they were doing that in the kitchen and then after, you know, I, I had the pile there for a few years, and the compost took on that powdery consistency. Mm-hmm. It's, like, totally different than the other compost because it's so powdery. Right, very completely. And when I'm digging in it, I can see, oh, that's the compost from the raw school in 2000. And so, it's pretty wild. What are you looking for when you're saying the compost is ready to go out? Are you looking for any special consistency or, or color or smell? No, or? I want to pick it up and squeeze it between my fingers. And if there's anything like a twig or a piece of straw or a leaf, it just is just going to break up and look like humus. And then, you know, when you put it in your hands and you squeeze it and you rub your hands, it should be nothing sticking to your hands. Interesting. And that's pretty much the cheapest like, compost test like in the world. A it's like baking a cake. Yeah. Don't, don't let it stick. And then nothing sticks. You know, because I'll tell you, people, these big companies that are taking, like, municipal leaf, leaf waste and they're turning it and turning it and turning it, mm-hmm. they're, basically, they're not composting it. That's oxidized. And that compost is usually acidic. It um, only has a few bacteria in it. There's never a chance for any fungi to grow. And when they turn it, they're spiking the temperature, they're filling it with air, which is good for oxidation, but they're oxidizing it. You know, they they don't give it an opportunity to develop any communities of protozoa, you know, micro and macro arthropods, which are, like, going to be able to crawl and walk around your pile and go all through there and let the air in and the water in and let the compost breathe. And, you know, that kind of compost is, you know, you can get stuff like that, get 20 tons of it, let it sit in your back of your yard, put in one 30-pound bag of my compost, just sprinkle it over the top or put, you know, put it in a tea and spray it down and then cover the pile either with a tarp or a couple of bales of straw and let it sit for either six months or a year and you would not believe what it turns into because it's a beautiful media. Right, it's but, a good starter, you know, but it's not a finished product. Not a, Well, it's, it's, to them it's finished because it's not heating up anymore, but they're yeah. not looking at the kind of quality that a farmer really wants for, you know, building up his, his unit. 
And like if you were to if you were to try and make a humic acid extract from something like that, it would be very very low quality. And so if you just make a compost tea from that, for example, which I think many people do, they buy the bag store bought compost, and uh, they just go ahead and try to make a compost tea out of it. That's not the same thing. No, it's not. That's why that's why people do that, and they say, "Oh, this stuff is it's not that good." Because your compost tea is only as good as your compost is. And I think, Dr. Faust, that echoes kind of what you've been saying about humix and fulvix, where, where sort of at some point a lower-quality product gets released, people sort of jump on the bandwagon, <laughs> try it, they don't get good results, and they, and they think ill of the whole thing. Oh, I guess we lost him. What happened? No. no? Dr. Faust? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know we were just comparing how the uh, similar thing with compost. You know, you get a bad compost and make a tea from it. It's not going to work for it very well. Same thing with humic acid. You get a company making a low-grade product, and it can kind of derail the progress that uh, people that understand the results are seeing. And a lot of companies that that take the approach of making a low-grade product are companies that also take the approach of marketing aggressively to compensate for for the lack of word of mouth. Yeah. And I think that, that well, what happens is it gets the yeah. whole thing a bad name. Yeah, and they, and they well, also that's go what, in That's the, what happens in the health product of conversion of humic substances, too. I mean, there's people that they don't know how to get the heavy metals out. They, they will extract something from a hillside down in Utah, and it's got a little bit of humic substances in it, but it's also got mercury, cadmium, lead, aluminum. Jeez. You know, it's actually hazardous waste. And so they turn yeah. that around and say... Oh, well, but ours has got 74 minerals in it. You see, so that's what my grandfather used to call making a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, in other words, they don't know how to, they don't know how to make a pure product. So let's, let's hype the bad stuff that's in it, you know, as, as something beneficial. <laughs> yeah. And then, but, but yeah, the, the, there's a cycle with these products. Uh, they hype them, they push them hard, they use a lot of marketing. The results are disappointing. Mm-hmm. And then, right. then the whole concept goes out the window. So that's what I've, I've been steady in this thing for 45 years. And uh, that's uh, basically what our products are, are consistent. The idea is consistent. It's the real deal. <laughs> yep. If you want and, to and that's stuff, really what it takes. What, takes yeah. You know, it takes persistence and consistency because, you know, like... So many people came out with sea mineral products, and it's taken probably uh, this is easily ten years. And we have I've got people coming back around now. They've they've tried everything. They've tried, and, and you know how growers are. I mean, you guys, you know, you stuff. You're trialing it. You're looking. You're watching your plants. And you know what? You put you you, you give them the good stuff, and the, a good grower is going to notice it, and they're going to come back. Yep, no, it's true, and that's the secret. I don't do any advertising as well, other than working with the Adam Dunn Show, because I, I love the message that they're putting out, and I love these community conversations we can have, because for too long, this information was secret, and so all of us were very easily taken advantage of by some of the marketing. Now we can talk about it, ask these questions, learn more, and it's you know it's exciting to me. I want to make better soil for our customers. I want to get better results, and so... I'm looking into making a biodynamic compost locally, and I want to talk to Steve about his products to make that happen. And the more we can all work together, I think just the more exciting it is because we keep out that hype 
fast buck mentality. And then the farmers really notice the results of the products. And Steve, yeah, I wanted I to ask more I about love... your, your sea minerals, uh, why they work so well. What What is it about sea minerals? Because would that traditionally get into, pl- I guess it would traditionally get into soil through kelp and through fish. Yeah, not even. I mean, this, the, what you're getting from kelp and fish, you know, kelp, yeah, it's in, it's in the sea, and it, it's never, you never see a blemish on kelp. Right. Like, you know, when I was commercial fishing, I don't know how many fish I've killed and cut open and filleted and gilled and gutted and that kind of thing, but it's been a lot, a lot. And you never see in a saltwater fish any imperfection in their liver, you know, I mean, if the, if the water is polluted, there'll be a lesion on their skin. Right. That's about it. You never see an internal deficiency in a in a in a saltwater uh, fish. So, you know, so that's what you're getting in the in the fish emulsions and you know the seaweed extracts or emulsions, however they do it, if it's dried. But you know, the seawater has got. Everything on Earth is dissolved in the sea. There's like 90, 85 to 95 minerals and different sea salts. So what I do is I go offshore in my spot, about 20 miles off, and I bring back about 1,000 gallons, and then I supersaturate that with Himalayan salt and Vortex for weeks. You know, because if I have, a, I, I boost that up to about 1,500 gallons, so I add like, you know, 500 gallons of some good water, and then I just keep adding uh, Himalayan salt to supersaturate it. To get it. So to get it to 26%, I got to add about two pounds of salt per gallon. And then while that's happening and it's running through the vortex, I put in all my different compost and the preps in it. And, and again, it's, maybe it's the vortexing that does it. And I can only do like these fifteen hundred gallon batches right now. I have a two thousand gallon tank that's not set up, but I haven't, you know, haven't really sold out, so it's not really an issue. But you know, so that product just has all that information in it, right? And you know, that gets diluted anywhere from two hundred parts water to one part of the tonic down to, you know, 600 parts. You know, 175 to 1 will give you 2,000 parts per million. You know, 351 will give you 1,000 parts per million. You know, 700 to 1 will give you 500 parts per million. So you can do really light foliars with it. And it's great because, you know, that's OMRI approved and it's unrestricted. So that can be applied every week to wheatgrass or lettuce and tomatoes and whatever it is you could just apply it constantly in very low doses and if you use it in the morning it's got a silica effect if you spray it before noon and you spray it after three for a for a uh, root building effect with the 500 it's all those things so instead there. of just getting a salt water type of product out there you can actually get your product, the tonic, and it's going to have biodynamic preps as well as fresh ocean water as well as the Himalayan salt. Yes. So I have some, and I use really small amounts. 
my concern when I hear salt water and my customer's concern is salt. You know, you want to avoid salt. Right, so we're I guess scared it's of salt. just a really low parts per million, right, that doesn't have a negative effect there? It doesn't have a negative effect. And, you know, sodium is a required nutrient. It is. And if you, it is. I mean, if you look at sodium and chlorine, they're both very reactive. You know, if you don't remember sodium, when I was in school, they used to have it in a jar of oil, chunk of sodium, which is a very soft metal. And they would take a pair of forceps and pinch a piece off and rinse it under water to get the oil off of it. And the thing would spontaneously combust into a very white, bright light. <laughs> kind of like burns almost as bright as magnesium. Right. Okay. And then chlorine, you know, chlorine, it's very volatile. It's, it's a poisonous halogen. gas, yeah. So, you know, these two things are, are required. You know, and, and it's on in my soil test. It's like sodium. Sometimes sodium comes in low. Yep. Sometimes you know, it's so low, and, and you can use more salt products. You can use more kelp and stuff without worry about it. Sometimes we'll see the salt coming in high, and we want to just think about that. But mm -hmm. good to know. There's also chlorine on the soil test, and people think, oh no, it's, I'm going to have chlorine in my water, but it's slightly different when we're talking about a soil test. So right. And, uh, well, what we need to consider, you know, you're talking about the Western U.S. Uh, yep. where, I, where most of my career has been spent. So, really big problem with sodium. So, when we hear anything well, with salt, yes. uh, so that's going to be in Colorado, that's going to be Idaho, that's going to be California, that's going to be uh, the problem that I used to correct with humic, humic acids. I used to do reclamation of lands in Texas, right. Nevada, you know. So, sodium, in the Western context, it's, it's more of a problem. And in a humid, you know, high rainfall area, where where it can actually benefit plant growth. But from from uh, in Colorado, you got more of a salt problem uh, in the western U.S. It's quite serious. Yeah. And, so we uh, have got calcium. Look, you also have to understand that most all of the fertilizers, any NPK you buy, is bound in sodium chloride. Yeah. The problem is once you once you disrupt your soil, like. And you're using those products, yeah, you're going to get sodium buildup. If you if you don't have good CEC and good biology, you know, cation exchange capacity in your soil, and you don't have good biology if you don't see any kind of crumb structure, if there's not, if you just have bacterial soil, that's weedy, it's got no structure, it's got no air in it, and yeah, you're going to build up those problems. And you have compaction of that you know, running those big fields with the with the equipment they use. You know, if, uh, I don't know, like these cow organic. You know, you got you got a thousand acres of lettuce. <laughs> it's everything is mechanized. Maybe it's five thousand acres. <clears throat> You're going over that with equipment, and and you know the metal implements. Metal, the, the iron that builds up in the soil from the implements degrades the wo soil's water holding capacity. That's why during the Bronze Age, agriculture hit a big high note because, you know, the copper and the bronze being dragged through the soil didn't destroy the charge in the soil and it let the soil hold water better. That's interesting. You're nodding a lot like, yeah. you, like you're, you've been thinking this, Adam. You're thinking it all along. Like, well, it's ah, it's the whole electrical charge thing. Well, th also yeah, we were yeah, doing that with the little test runs we were doing with electrical charging on the, on the root zone, and it was like, hmm. Something going on here. There's definitely something going on there. 
Keep going. Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. And, you know, and it's a lot, you know, because, you know, the mechanization makes things real easy. I mean, you know, one one guy can, you know, farm 50,000 acres of corn or wheat with a couple, you know, big machine. I mean, you get a 40, 50-foot-wide harrow and then a planter behind it, and you go. But, you know, there's a price to pay on the soil when you're using that technique of soil cultivation and then those, you know, amendments that you're using all drain that capacity from the soil. Good. Everybody's in silence mode. Silence mode. Yeah, we're just listening. You, you, you can <laughs> keep talking. Listening, yeah. And um, well, and and like you said, you make you know, and, and that's why I think that my seamill product works because it's got the humic component in it. And I know that, like, when I first was doing that, I think it was, you know, one company, Ocean Grown, who were the guys who took over Maynard Murray's, you know, production. You know, they they went to copy me, and uh, right away they had a salt, you know, their seawater product with a humic acid. But again, they weren't, they were buying a humic acid and adding it to their thing. So how good was the product that they were adding to their, yeah. Minerals. Right. It could have been a cheap pumic product, and we just talked about that for a while. Right. You know, so, you know, you're, and you know, like all of this stuff, I love telling people what I do. I don't have really any secrets. And you know what? If you want to do it, go ahead and do it. You don't have to buy it from me. Because, you know, you know, people with big farms and stuff, I totally understand the economy. Because that's where I, you know, that's where my stuff came out of. You know, this is a commercial vegetable operation. It's really, is, you know, serious business here. And I understand growers, you know, economics, and it has to, it has to pay, it has to make sense. So, you know, if somebody hears what I'm saying and they want to try it themselves, please do it. You know, yeah, but if, people buy if they want to borrow from your 30 years of experience, they can do that too, and it might save them some time. Well, right, and I always encourage people, look, you're doing this, you think this is, if you think the inoculant is expensive, this is how I make it. Go do a few batches yourself. Right. Yeah. It is. There's a lot of work into your inoculants, and it took me a couple years to really see the value in your products. And it was partially because there wasn't a lot of hype advertising. It was a simple brown bag with compost, and I thought, wow, that's expensive. And now I know how you make it, and I'm like, Wow, that's pretty affordable. I I don't have time to make that. <laughs> yeah. And you you know, at a third of a cup per acre, you know, it goes a long way. Yeah, that's wild. A third uh, of a cup per acre. Imagine that you could do the whole farm with a bag. Yeah, yeah. we'll be talking, uh, Steve, about uh, getting. I know we already talked about sending some compost out this way, but I definitely want to ask you a few more questions when we get off the phone a little later. So. And, Jeremy, okay. that means you and I will be talking because I would love to get my hands yeah. on some of that compost if I it's know. coming this side. We've been talking about all that stuff. So uh, it, it's good things that happen when we all connect. I love it. Yep. So so we got about 15 minutes left in, in this segment here, uh, and then we're going to okay. get to our wrap-up. But uh, So first we want to, Steve and, and also Dr. Faust, we want to thank you guys for coming on and, and schooling everyone on some of these more advanced organic subjects because I think – at some point, we, we can all read the articles and we all know which dynamic accumulators we're using and, and that we want to use fulvic acid and things like this, but the whys and the hows are become the, the real questions at some point. Yeah. And 
So yeah, thank we you want guys to Spotify too. There's so many products, and we always question: Do I need to keep buying this? Is this really doing anything? And without doing a, a year-long test on every product, it's really nice to be able to pull from science and pull from leaders that have done this for decades. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, so if thank anybody, you guys. If anybody's interested, this is Dr. Faust here. If anybody's interested, I'm willing to do all-day seminars. You know, if somebody can organize it. And well, we can okay. get down to the the real nitty gritty of a lot of things. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll definitely take that challenge on if we yeah, can, we can if we can happen. do it via the internet, yep. uh, and then we can get <laughs> viewers and listeners from all over, and we'll have it recorded for posterity's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. you happen. bet. That's a piece I'm of working cake. on establishing the hemp industry here in Oregon, you know, and that's a whole Perfect. other area of discussion. And, yeah, I'd love uh, to talk I more see. about that. A lot of Colorado hemp growers have a lot of questions right now. Adam, yeah, I, I, Adam's Adam's that's another whole show we need to do for sure. Yeah. So, um, with the 15 minutes we have left, guys, uh, let's talk about what you think are the the most the basic tips that anyone can take away uh, and apply from this. Whether you're growing and knowing making your own compost and and you know making your own soil, or whether you're just I don't know started growing last week. I, you know, I would have to say, if I can go first, I would say that, you know, the thing that jumped out, jumps off the page at me from studying biodynamics and Steiner and Victor Schauberg and these people and is that, you know, conventional agriculture and even organic agriculture, basically everything you're addressing with your fertility is geared toward the root and geared toward the soil. And what I love about biodynamics is how it talks about how you have the soil is your lime calcium polarity and the, you know, stem, leaf, flower, and fruit and seed formation is the upper part of the plant is is the silica polarity. Mm. And, you know, a real easy way that it came to me to think about that is, you know, concrete, cement is lime calcium you know, they slake it with fire and heat it and get it into the, into that form. And then they mix it with silica. <laughs> and those two things stick together and make concrete. Huh. So, you know, the I'm like sitting here in my house looking out the window at this tree. You know, the, the root is the earthly part that's in the ground. It's like the brain of the plant that goes out and connects with the soil and tells it, you know, brings in the food. And the upper part of the plant is... You know, your reproductive, your rhythmic breathing, digestion part. And, you know, to have a tool to go out and spray silica in the atmosphere around your plants and farm totally locks those two things into step and brings balance and lets you build health. So disease is not a problem. Like everyone always asks about disease. I said, look, I'm really not worried about it. I want to build such a level of health in the soil that whatever little bit of disease I get doesn't matter. I can't worry about every little thing that pokes its head out, you know? For sure. Absolutely. And to me, that's like an awesome tool. When I realized how to use silica to activate, you know, the plants, it really changed everything. Yeah, silica is great. But just uh, on that subject of silica, the silicic acid, which I've been highly deeply involved with uh, since my days in Hawaii. But research done 
you know, for instance, in Florida on the citrus industry by Dr. Matichenkov, who is a, the head of the International Silicon Society. Okay, mm-hmm. they hired him to find out what was wrong with citrus. Okay, and what what was wrong with citrus applies to what's wrong with just about every crop. Okay, so the main limiting factors we've got three limiting factors in any given field, and the, the two important ones are humic substances and monosilicic acid. So they are the two uh, limiting factors uh, for yield or quality in any given field, and the other one is the compaction. Soil compaction, no. but the, the, the crucial factors that, that, that uh, let's say civilizations go down, economies go down, based on depletion of silica and humic substances. They, they go together, uh, and yep. and once these things go away, you know the soil gets hard, the nutrient availability is lost, uh, nutrition is is compromised. Like when we see the corn growers, the mound builders of, of the Midwestern U.S., Ohio, like Moundsville, this is a civilization that existed here before, you know, uh, Europeans arrived. Uh, when we see the, the buried remains of these people, at the beginning of this, their civilization, they were healthy. At the end, you know, their teeth de- degenerated, their bones, they just fell apart. And basically it's that whole cycle of, uh, of cropping, oxidation, loss of silica availability mm. in the form of silicic acid, which is crucially right. related to humic substances. So this all fits together, and uh, we can go into a new area and cut down a, a forest, and we're good for a while, but then everybody yep. just keeps moving west. So that, that's, the, that's what's going on in the whole world and why we're seeing you know, what we're seeing today. It's, it's just this general depletion, you know, of these factors, which we know what they are. <laughs> but try to, right. uh, you know, try to try to get that point across. It's and not it, easy because it's not practical. It sounds you know, like it's relatively thinking, easy. I mean, industrial to, model. It sounds like it's relatively mm-hmm. easy to to remediate it, though, with pretty 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 easy practices and on and on. Not even demanding a large amount. That's true. That's true. Uh, we found that well, this goes back to John Hamaker, who predicted the, the climate change we're seeing now. And he wrote a book called The Survival of Civilization back in the 70s. It was popular in Acres, USA. But, you know, it's based on cycles of history based on demineralization. Well, we know that that's true, and, uh, and it affects economies, it affects people's health, mental well-being, everything. And so everything starts to unravel. You know, and we're seeing right. that now. And the, the, the oceans acidify, for instance. Uh, you know, now we have radioactivity, radioisotopes floating around, you know. And we've really uh, done some incredibly destructive factors. But that's what life on Earth is based on, is the health of the soil. And that's why civilizations progress. That's why, you know, this country... Was initially successful, you know. Now we're just living on, uh, we're just living on salt fertilizers and fossil fuels at this point. Uh, right. But normally, a civilization would have failed a long time ago if we hadn't, you know, if it weren't for chemical fertilizers, which allow sort of an artificial production of fairly unhealthy foods. You know, 
Uh, right. Which is one reason I like to go down to the uh, Amazon and down to the, the Andes and, you know, and, and, and see what uh, farmers, uh, traditional farmers are doing. And, and it's, it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, that, that I learned from. I mean, who is sustainable? We want to learn sustainability. What what is sustainable? Well, what's an example of sustainable? You know, how many years or centuries does that require to be called sustainable? But you know, I can get off on a tangent. But the point is, humic substances and monosilicic acid. And if you can't figure that one out, uh, you know, it's, it's a it's it's a dead end street. You know, it's it's. Uh, and of course, steel flag is one of the best sources of silica. Cheap, inexpensive. Uh, and there's, there's other sources like volcanic, uh, uh, lava. Some of the best is what we have. Yeah, the basalt. And then a product right. we're getting out of Montana right now. It's, uh, uh, 75%. Yeah, I was looking at that Montana product, and uh, we also add rice rice holes to the soil, and that breaks down into what I assume would be silicic oh, yeah. acid at some point. Yeah. Oh yes, yes indeed. The Japanese—that's uh, where I got most of my information when I got into this whole silicic acid subject. Was Shell 13, which is a product that uh, cannabis growers in Hawaii were using. Uh, it was a Japanese product, and it's the first time I ever heard the word silicic acid. But mm. uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's a fossil shell product. Uh, well, uh, but, uh, dandelion is full of silicic acid. Yeah, you yeah. go back and, uh, to biodynamics. You're you're talking about horsetail. Horse tail you're as talking well, yeah. about what they call biodynamic plants. Which, yeah, you know, uh, our product Ion 14 is a version of that. It's humic substances, activated humic substances, and monosilicic acid. That's what we call ion fourteen. Uh, it's, uh, ion fourteen is silica. It's, it's the fourteenth element. Silica. Right. So that product is designed to, to 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 deal with those limiting factors that that are the most common limiting factors in any given agricultural soil. And so Stephen Storch, what 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 product do you have? I'm guessing it's your compost as well as your tonic that would provide the silica. Oh yeah, the, the the tonic is got it's loaded with silica, and like okay. you potentize that or mix mix that in the morning and spray it before noon, you're going to get more of a, the silica effect. And for the 500 or composting effect, you spray it after three. Okay. So just by that morning or evening gesture. Cool. Well, I know I'm going to be looking more into that, and I'm also going to look at this Ion 14 and just research some things that I haven't really talked about at Build a Soil before, and I'm excited. So, Wonderful. Well, we've got five minutes left in the segment. And, uh, again, I want to thank you guys again for coming on and, and teaching us all something. Like, everyone here is like, wow, I'm really learning this episode, just sitting here pretty quiet. Yeah. And it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, silica being a crystal that has a lot to do with conducting energy in both the soil and plant it has it exhibits piezoelectric qualities um and adding that to these minerals that are metal that's like wires and stuff yeah i feel like that all kind of mm-hmm. makes sense that that energy can move through this now we have dr mark in the room though who's my my skeptic is he on the mic ryan is that mike no? that's unfortunate 
but I'm sure Dr. Mark could explain it more more scientifically than all that. But uh, sort of sort of makes you know the whole living biomatrix thing pretty pretty close. I can tell you that uh, coming from the chemistry side of things, everything that they're saying is spot on correct. That's great. Yeah. There we go. That's that's Doctor, wait, did everything I just said spot on correct too no, about how? Yeah, why are not totally everything weird. I said about <laughs> about wires, Earth being a Earth computer. I know that's, that's obvious. You like that, right? Yeah, but that's that's obvious. Too obvious. Some, smoke some DMT, you'll be like, "Yep, yeah, it's Duh. all wires." Duh. Obviously, geez. Yeah. <laughs> but um, are there ways that people can, you know, make this? Well, first of all, how can people get your products if they don't have a grocery store near them? Obvi- uh, right now, we can get the build the soil stuff from build the soil, and hopefully, Jeremy will carry it all in the near future. Yeah, but- and I've got a lot of bioag products there just because I've been slowly adding them and you'll notice I don't carry products I don't use and so as I've used bioag products I add them on we will eventually be carrying all of them just because I believe in the, uh, in the products and you know when we get off the phone today I'm going to talk to Steve about some of the Progress Earth stuff because it's another company I, I believe in and I think we should be supported in the meantime uh, where are those available online uh, Steve where's your website you, you can get all the stuff at vortexbrewer.com perfect there you go, vortexbrewer.com. Yeah. And the bioags? Yeah, the bioag products are, are available from uh, usually just about every grow shop in, in the country. Yep. Uh, mostly I used to ask, ask them to order it in, and they'd get it in in a couple of days because their distributor had it, even if they didn't carry it. So. Yeah, we're distributed by Worms Way and, uh, and Sunlight Supply. So uh, people sell it online, you know, so... It's available. Yeah, to our website has the names of the dealers. Bioag.com. Yeah, and if you're uh, somebody out there that's looking to use this uh, Fulvus product on an agricultural level, you can contact me, and I've got some uh, information that we can talk about about larger scale. So. That that's awesome. So we do have six minutes left. Uh, do you have questions, kid? I guess it wasn't five minutes. I'm looking at the clock now. That's just six minutes. You mean six minutes from the total total time? No, we got six minutes to this segment. It tells me. Oh, all right. Well, in that case, we do have six minutes left. We thought we were in a vortex. We do have to thank you, Jesse. Definitely post that PDF that I texted. I did already post it. It's in the. It's a very informative PDF on both humic and fulvic acid. So if you're looking at, if you go to AdamDunshow.com, guys, and you look to the right of the video box you'll see the forum and then it says resources on humix and fulvix it's cut off but it says fulvix has six views you, it could have more while you guys are clicking on things on adamdunshow.com or on livestream.com please kick, click on the facebook like button directly above the video box uh we want to thank you again jeremy silva from build the soil steve search from progress earth and vortex brewer and of course dr faust from bioag for coming on the show and teaching everyone so much that they're going to have to listen to this a few times to kind of even absorb it all. Great. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Let's guys. definitely do it again. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> thank you. Aloha. Aloha. Right on. Five minutes. Should have brought him on the uh, Hawaiian show. I know. That's Come on. We'll now do a we redux. We'll do Hawaii redux. Now All we... the episodes are converging because the Earth's a computer, Adam. It is. Well, we know that. I told you we know that. Wait, do you want to know a new segment I came up with? 
Yes. Oh, is this what we're using our phone? Well, no, we, because I found out that people like giveaways. And even if so, I figured You like, found out? Did that you figure people, this out? Well, no, where did you get Where did you discover this? Uh, obviously. Where did you find this out, Ryan? I, I don't even know. Obvious. It's not, I don't have to find uh, it. Callers, you want to call in? No, hold on. Start, no. Stop. This no. We're going to no. ask one question about something that happened on the show today yeah. at the end of every show. And yeah. after four shows, so after a month, you have to call in with the answer to all four questions. Oh, this is our and then we'll give lost. one I'm lost. I'm lost. No, it's simple. This is like one of those games when you're a you kid get, and you're like, you, you make it up no, so you, you listen you to win. the show four weeks in <laughs> a row. Yeah. You write down the answer to the question at the end of the show. Okay. And on the fourth week. And you submit right, all of them. Week, you, you submit them all. all. You call in. You'll submit all the answers. So that way we only have one winner. One person to ship something to, and that way we can make sure because <laughs> we can't that handle we multiple anything's obviously. Yet. So you have to listen four weeks in a row, answer okay. four questions correctly. We'll choose one of the answers of the four correct questions. Who will win what? It'll win some, something, maybe a pack of seeds. It could be a T-shirt. It could be. We'll figure it out. Something. You're gonna come up with the pack. We'll, we'll the figure prize. something out. Well, the the, the prize will change all the time. It's not going to be the same prize all the time. Okay, so, so what's this week's question? So, Adam, you have to pick a number between one and four. What? what? You have to pick a number between one and four. You get the. It's going to be random selection. Oh man! And it's just a question about. It's just to see if you listen through the and whole show. That's what, I it. say one, and then you just like. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, you say one, and I have them picked up here. Right. You're gonna let me know. All right. It's pretty. It's just one to four. It's tough. How do we? How what? do we do that? Just pick a number, dude. What's the problem? <laughs> three. Okay. I was thinking three too. Um, let's see. <laughs> Which one of these products is safe to drink? Is it the fulvic acid or the humic acids? Which one of those can Good you safely question. drink? Good question. Good question. And not get sick from. Don't it? call in so with don't it now. Don't call in now. Write oh, it down. And I can't tell you the answer. Make a mental oh, I note. I know it. I know it. And and see, there's already people calling right now. Oh, pick, no. it pick, pick it up. Pick it up. Tell me because now somebody will shout out the answer. So don't call. No. Write it down. Save it until so the next one. The first one we'll give away will be on April 22nd. So that's a month from now. So It'll be all the after answers. everything's given away. Yeah, we'll have so much stuff to give away. Though. Yeah, we'll That's have perfect. all the free T-shirts. <laughs> <on> the <go. laughs> That's perfect because you can't just tune in at the end of the show. No, we'll you give you all show. our swag. How's that? I, I get a lot of swag. I get a lot of swag too. And we'll give you. But it'll you can change have every week. My we'll seconds. You, you can have my ways. sloppy seconds. <laughs> right on. Uh, shouts. Shouts. We got a couple minutes left. You guys want to do one question? That was it. That was it. So that's it. So they write down that question, Bam. and then next week there'll be a different question oh, about the man. show. Well, that was four questions every week. No, that's three too much, man. With no. a complicated. It's just gonna be four answers. I wanted to make it real complicated. I'm hungry. I'm I'm pretty hungry too. It, it's too bad the. Uh, the ba- I went, oh, I went to the bagel spot yesterday. It was awesome. It was like the best place ever. I was like, why haven't I been here before? You want to go there? It's closed. It? Mad people no. calling. Hey, mad people calling in because they don't get the because your thing five. is too com- too complicated. Telling you you're gonna get the you're not gonna win the contest if you can't if follow. You, the if you can't, if follow, you can't follow it, no, no. Don't rules, call rules. in now. Don't tell can us. Can we post the questions in the forum? Yes, yes. we can post the questions. Post and questions. And again, this week's question rules. is which one is safe to drink? Yes, fulvic acid or humic acids. There you go. Just write it down. Save it until April twenty sixth. Oh, just try it. Actually, it's better. Okay, this number keeps calling. It's an easy one. Pick it up. Just pick what up. Okay, you're on the Adam Dunn Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Andrew. Hey, Andrew. What's going on, man? Hey, not much, man. I just had a a really quick question. Um, I was wondering if you could convert. uh, We're using our soil, and I was just wondering if you can, we're using synthetics. Uh, I was just wondering if you could compost that or somehow recycle that to get everything out. So... The theoretical answer is 
At some point, yes. The real answer is, uh, let me ask Dr. Mark. Dr. Mark, yes. can you come on the microphone here? Yes, if sir. you're using uh, synthetic nutrient salts in your soil as a fertilizer, could you break these down through comp inorganic things? Uh, be can they be broken down through composting and such? So it depends what the salt is. I mean, you can't um, uh, really understand uh, what you're talking about, and not all salts are created equal. Um, so um, gotcha. most salts will, will dissolve in water, but some salts have uh, metal cations like calcium, like calcium sulfate, which is rather insoluble. So it really depends what, what are the minerals you're talking about. You can't just universally say that. It's going to be generally Do you have a brand? Do you have a, salts. Do you have a certain brand that you're uh, using? General hydroponics. General hydroponics. Can you can you can you General theorize on their on their their quality of uh, products to uh, all in like twenty five seconds? All I could say in, in <laughs> broad general strokes is usually you need some crazy fungal stuff to break down all sorts of metals and things like that. Fungal love metals. Though. They like they like all yes, these hydrocarbons absolutely. too. So, so metals. I think uh, the gentleman required or, or uh, spoke of this earlier. Metals are required for nitrogen fixation, which is absolutely essential for amino acid and protein synthesis within the plant. So it's absolutely essential to have minerals that essentially uh, bind to molecular nitrogen, which is pretty inert, but when it binds to these metals in these metalloenzymes, they're able to basically break down molecular nitrogen, which is typically very inert, to, to amine compounds, and these amine compounds become amino acids and ultimately proteins and enzymes that, that do all the cannabinoid biosynthesis in the plant. Bam! There's your answer. Boom! Thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for we'll calling. Yeah, we'll thanks, man. Um, so yeah. <laughs> and, so I hope uh, that answer is good enough for that guy. That was a, calling in. That was a, a good, good question. That, was a, that good was a good answer. answer good so. answer. So we're on to the final uh, shout outs. Shout I think. outs. Yep. Shout outs. Bam! Uh, we're even gonna cue intro music behind shout outs. So no, let's do it. No, no one likes it. intro music behind shout outs. It no, confuses us. The kid, do your shout outs first. Shout outs to the. Shout outs to Brit. Shout outs to the dog. Shout outs to the club. The kid's done. Shout outs. Oh yeah, that's it. Kids already. I guess I am done though. That's, That's cool. It. That's that it. works. Yeah. Sweet. And, Di and Dixie. Yep. Shout out Dixie. Yep. You are Dabs. there. This liberty um, shout out to my oh, what's your new? What's your new? What's your new? <laughs> Segment. Oh, yeah. That was it, man. The question and shit. Oh, but then you didn't even what? ring the bell. I was gonna play Philly music and ring the bell because it's funny, but then I realized that I'd probably go to jail for playing Eye of the Tiger, so I'm not gonna do it. Oh yeah, you probably would. Um, shout out to my beautiful wife, CC. And little Nick, who is it's, it's awesome. You can't wait for this part when you when you can actually communicate really and know that you're not just making up that he's making the sound. It's right. Like, there's it's awesome. He's like, all right, this kid's at it now. Now at the point I can. It's not just her, her and him speaking their language. It's actually me and him speaking, speaking our language. Thing. Yeah, it's good. So it's cool. starting to happen. It's awesome. And shout out to uh, the farm, mom down there killing it. Boom. And uh, yesterday we had about, it was see, like a lot of guys down there. There was a bunch of dudes down there, but we all had cruised down, checked it out. It was a good Sunday. <laughs> or not Sunday, it was a good uh, Tuesday, but we. Good Sunday with the dudes. No, it was Tuesday, actually. It was a good Tuesday. Tuesday. Good dudes. Tuesday. I'm like you now. <laughs> we were thinking about starting a bark, uh, biker gang down there because there were so many of us we're at once. Start we're like, the dudes day. We're going to start a biker gang. Yeah, we think we're just going to get With their tractors. Yeah. And the farm. Actually, no, it was Nick riding around on his, on, his, <laughs> on his tractor. He, I'm going to get him on his own leathers. It's just Nick. Nick on a tractor with leather. All right. All right. With the gang. All right. All right, gang guy. All right, gang. All right, gang guy. All right, come on. What are your shots? So it's my one year anniversary on the show. Congrats. Fuck yeah. Hey, made it congrats. through. One Did year. it. 
Da, so da, that da, means da, da, where's your where's your you where's music? My, I don't know where's my something yeah, that you need music. So, uh, I mean, I have music for like I said. This is the, I can play thirty seconds of it, and I think it's perfect. It's your one year anniversary. Oh, that on is the show. good. One. Yeah, I mean, like it's yeah, a big you, thing. Yeah. It's a milestone. Is this the song you want to play for? Yes. Yes. So how can you not be happy with that? We're hoping we'll bring even cooler stuff in the next years. Awesome. Still have ten <laughs> seconds left for the oh, That's all I can play legally, but it's cool. It works. Awesome. You don't want to hear this. Thanks, no one actually hear the lyrics anymore. So yeah, look for new terrible. stuff, better stuff in the next year. Yeah, Obviously, coming the ADSI corner. coming up. Dunno, all dunno, things dunno, our dunno, friends dunno. are bringing to play. All cool. A play shit like a no. like a play play. Like yes, a, we're gonna yes. do a stage play. We're gonna do a puppet. That's you have the leading be. role. Hand yeah. puppets. Hand puppets. Yeah. Shout out to my beautiful wife Reese, amazing little baby Farron, uh, the whole crew over at Boulder Wellness. Talk to you guys soon. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it...